Fight listeners, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching on the live stream if you're on YouTube or Twitch. We are Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We do it the best. We do it here on WCRS in Columbus, Ohio. That station on your radio dial is 92.7 or 98.3 if you're inside 270 here in Columbus. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network, and we are in the free press studios right now, live on the airwaves. You can also find us by going to WCRSFM.org. The number to dial is 614-412-5252, but our queue is full right now. I don't know if you're going to get through, so save it for next week. Call in around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time if you want to get in. We'll be taking your calls. Uh, You can find more of what we do over at StreetFightRadio.com, and you can find us on social media at StreetFightWCRS. We are here to spread this mess across the U.S. We're working hard to put an end to the hierarchies that oppress us all. And we're here for all struggles. We are Street Fight Radio. Let us know about your small business tyrant stories. Uh, Let us know military recruitment, uh, dare stories, anything that's on your mind, really. I think Raptor Guy might be calling in tonight. I I love those uh, updates. Um, My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quimby. How are you doing, Brian? What is up? How are you doing tonight? I'm feeling great. Doing well so far. I had a good weekend. I uh, went hiking today uh, over at the Hocking Hills, where everybody goes and hikes. Those are that's the that's the good hike. That's like better than the uh, just going to a metro park hike, which yeah. is another kind of hike you can do. That's true when you live in a metro area. But it's like kind of like uh, <laughs> I can hear the freeway from here, <laughs> <laughs> right? I can see where Columbia Gas has planted their flag at this point. <laughs> right, right, right. But I still like the metro parks. I'm fine. I took my walk today. Yeah, not but- too far. Not a big one. They just took a, like a regular average boy. Too chilly. Nah, I just didn't. I was just like, you know what? Let's let's spend time with the family today. Okay, okay. No, not walking away from them. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just was like, ah, uh, well, they had to go shopping and shit, so I I walked while they shopped, and then when I got back, they were home, and we hung out. My wife's got a big job interview tomorrow. Oh, very nice, very exciting. That's in cool. The Quinby house. I'm hoping it goes well. Of course, of course. These things kill her every time. It's really. Like the most depressing thing in the world is watching people apply for jobs over and over again. You know, <laughs> right, what I mean? right, yeah. And you're just you like, just want to be like, nah. The next one will be, you know, the next one is uh going to be the one, right? Well, you want to go to the job and just be like, yo, man, she's great. You're gonna love her. She just hire her. Right? She's qualified. She can do this. She brings all the work home with herself. <laughs> she spends her evenings thinking and fretting about what happened at work. She's dedicated. Yeah. That's what I always want to just be like, I can do anything you want me. I, I can, I can threaten them in the parking lot if you need me to. Like, just tell me what I can do to help you get a job. You know? Yeah. She's somebody. very supportive to me. It's very hard. It's it's hard because when you, when somebody works in a job like like my wife does or like just a regular person job, it you I can't do anything to help with that. There's nothing I can like right. you, do except be, for be supportive. Right. And if you attach your name to her, then it's bad on her resume. Yeah. Yeah. So I just I try to be as supportive as I can and who's ta- Oh, okay. Um so uh so I had a 
fun weekend this weekend. Oh yeah. Interesting. I, I saw a little bit about it. Yeah. I, uh, so, uh, my father-in-law is an angry man who is a Trump guy, conservative, right? right? And, uh, you've been, you've been avoiding him for a little bit. Yeah, I would say that the there is not it's not a coincidence that when Brett and I are on the road, my wife goes and visits her family. <laughs> like, and it's just, you know, it's because I don't want to go. I don't want to deal with it. You know, my job is easy as hell, 99.9% of the time and I'm talking to like-minded people, but when people aren't like-minded with me, they also know what my job that know what my job is. They want to have conversations with me, you know? Yeah. And like we said before, the problem with a lot of conservative relatives is that even if you are willing to ignore all of the stupid memes that they're sharing on Facebook and you know what their opinion is, they are still going to try to drag you into it. They want to do it. They have been arguing with a leftist in their brain for, for a year. You know what I mean? And, and like, th they've been back. They moved away and then they moved back. Uh, the villages is where they moved to. And Chapo did a really good episode on the villages. If you ever want to listen to somebody talk about what that place is, it's just, it's where your, your grandma and grandpa go out in Florida so that, uh, they can turn conservative. <laughs> it's like, it's like a terrorist training camp. It's like an Al Qaeda camp. Yeah. It, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those places that's like, um, it's a, it's the world's largest, you know, senior facility. It's like a big giant village and everybody rides around on golf carts and apparently just turns racist as soon as they move there. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's no one to fact check all those memes and uh, emails. Yeah. So they got to sit, they sit around with a bunch of other people that have seen the same memes and they yell at leftists that aren't there and that aren't bothering them. So yeah, I got over there and, you know, I tried real hard not it was like kind of like let's just not talk about this stuff that'd be great like i know this guy we've talked in the past yeah we've gotten along in the past yeah you probably like some of the same stupid movies yeah oh yeah for sure we do you know he doesn't watch movies no more though oh he's boycotting hollywood yeah he hates hollywood so no movies no movie talk That's bad i mean he's not really selling me on conservatism right now i know conservatism sounds terrible when when you start to really bear down into everything that they're boycotting and everything that they uh that they hate everything that sets them off i mean everybody sets them off really yeah i set somebody off just by being there but you know, so what happened? How did you get dragged into this thing? Uh, well, there. Here's the other thing too. Brian, all week long, like when we did the show on Wednesday, he was saying like, "Man, the gloves are off." You know, I've just been like cordial. I just want things to be smoothed over. But fuck it, I don't care. I'm back in. Yeah. I'm ready to fight. Well, I just got tired of like letting every single relative, like or, or person, get like all their digs in and i'd just be like oh, okay <laughs> you know what i mean like okay that's that's what's going on you sure. know <laughs> q's gonna reveal the truth yeah it, but uh i don't know what happened to me this week i just couldn't hand i didn't want to i don't want to do it anymore and the holidays are coming up and and for a lot of midwestern especially white leftists they're gonna go to a house where somebody is going to hate them. You know what I mean? Or somebody's going to hate their ideology and has spent their whole year. I mean, we make fun of those how to deal with your family on Thanksgiving articles and stuff. But it's like one of those things. It's like it is a real thing. If if like for especially for Midwestern, like white 
people are going to go home to a house where there is a racist, you know, right, or a real where, one. Yeah, because they, they we just all have them. I, I mean, I guess there are probably some hippie families and shit that don't have them. But this house has two rooms. It has two rooms and a bedroom. Right. And he hangs out in one room and everybody else hangs out in another room. <laughs> Just being grumpy. No self-awareness there. Like you sit alone all day because nobody wants to come in here and be around you because you're, you're just every, you hate everything. So they threw you in the dog's cage to soften them up a little bit. Yeah. They kind of just kept saying like, you guys never get to see each other. Go spend time, go catch up. And I was like, I don't want to catch up. Yeah. I don't want to do this. I don't want a mustard either. I don't want nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back there. And he started his shit and I just did what I do on the radio. Basically, I was just like, if I, if this is going to happen, then I'm going to, I'm going to get my digs in too. I'm right. going for You're it. You're going murder Brian on him. Yeah. Basically. Yes. Like for people that don't know, murder Brian does not exist when the mics aren't on generally like 99% of my life is spent just being Brian Quinby. I'm nice. I try not to get in anybody's shit. If I'm in a bad mood, I just leave and I go sit by myself because I know that nobody wants to be around a person in a bad mood. Like I'm pretty self-aware about it, but I was just like, well, you know, this, this persona, I guess is worth something. Sure. Because I do have a lot of information. I do understand things, you know, like I, I do know the politics. So what were some of the greatest hits? Uh, I did get him to yet stand up and yell, where is my white privilege wow. in my face? He was red and he was standing up in front of me. I was just sitting in a chair and he, he had said, well, all these black people in the ghetto were saying that white privilege is the problem that they're there and is the reason they're there. And I said, no, nobody's saying that. Number one, there's not a group of people sitting somewhere and saying these things. I said, it's white people saying that black people sit in a place and talk about white privilege. But yeah, I said, that's where his news is coming from. Yeah. But I said, white privilege exists. It's real. It, like, how could you say it doesn't exist? You know what I mean? Like, and then I, I kind of was like, uh, you know, it's all throughout history. And he said, that's, I am a student of history, which is another fun thing. And I said, no, you're not, you're not a student of history. You know, one version of history and it's based around six people. You're a student of the last six years of history as told by a high school teacher that you had one time and a few books by white Christian men. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, he said he's not concerned with seeing other people's views because that's not who he is. He can't relate to those. And I said, well, then you don't care about history. You don't you can't care about history and not care what other people's opinions were. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to. I mean, history is like all of it. Yeah, because we're talking about perspectives and, and he got real mad because I said there isn't really an objective truth of history. He said, well, things really happen. And I like kind of explained that every person that told that story told that from their perspective so i mean you know the boston tea party is told basically from perspective from the perspective of people who are like it was a great big success and everybody loved it and it was like one of the greatest things we ever did right when in fact like the boston tea party has been told by so many different people that were around it and there's a tons of nuances about that thing and it was it was racist it was actually racistly done they dressed like indigenous people when they did it so that they would be the ones that get <laughs> get blamed right, you right. know what i mean yeah so it's like I don't know. I, I guess I came to the conclusion this weekend 
that uh, they have the same skin in the game that we do. You know, we we think a lot about we think a lot about they do their digs and their digs and, and and their digs. And then when I stand up for myself and I stand up for my beliefs and I say something, I think I'm going to be like excommunicated from the family. And that's just not true. Like they, if you, and I'm not a decorum guy, right? I'm not telling you to act like smooth and like, I understand that you get pissed off in these situations, but if you, can keep it even keeled if you cannot yell and you can let them get mad then they are not going to excommunicate you they will find out that they are the problem at that point yeah and then and everybody else everybody else around in the family they they're not worried about ideological battles like this is this one person's crazy tirade against the fucking world and who wouldn't matter what they're saying if they are screaming in your face that's not family behavior. No, no. You well, it is some families. Well, I mean, it's my. I, yeah, I mean, it's your it's family. That, that's, it's that family. It's it my is. in-laws. Right. You know, they scream at each other. But it's just your opinions are valid, and the things that you believe are valid. And like, I, I learned a very a few things, you know. And yeah. one of the things I learned is no statistics. Right. Never. Don't use statistics. Let them use statistics and then ask them where they got the statistics. You know, always question that. He was telling me there are 12 million undocumented people in the United States. And I was like, how would you even know that they're undocumented? How would you count them? Where did you get that number? That's a number that you made up. That's not a real number, you know? And I had to learn about the uh, caravan, the immigration caravan oh, coming yeah. up. I had to learn about that from him. Cause I hadn't heard anything about it yet. I, you know, I'm out in the country. I'm not on the internet or anything. And I said, I don't care if they come here. I want to be able to leave here. So, like, I want them to be able to come here. I don't want a border. I think borders are stupid and archaic, and they don't make any sense. And what is what are immigrants doing to his? How are they affecting his Nothing. life in any way besides like providing him with food and services? Well, that's what I said. I, I said, you know, they you don't think they do anything for you, but they pick your vegetables. You know, they all that crap that you buy at the grocery store doesn't just get there magically. And he said, I have a garden. And I said, mm, yeah, but you don't sure. eat out of that garden all year. No, no. How many zucchini, rotten zucchini have you thrown away? You didn't offer me a fucking, you didn't offer me a bowl of hamburger, beans, and rice by a cow that you slaughtered. Okay. <laughs> that, they really did offer me that. I mean, I hate to look a gift horse in the mouth, but beans and rice with hamburger in it is just not an appealing. It's a hearty meal. That's not appealing to me. That's clean food. It's like three <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and people on the show know that, like, ground beef, I, I consider that the least you can do sort of thing when, when you're cooking with meat because there's all kinds of flavorful meats. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing lower. You could put, like, you know, sausage and beans and rice if you were going to make beans. No, we just threw a little hamburger in there. It was great. This is great hamburger beans and rice, but it's like hamburgers great. Only just need salt and pepper. Yeah, you didn't slaughter that cow, man. You didn't grow that rice. You didn't grow any of that stuff. Where do you think that shit comes from? Where do you think that junk you get comes from? Where do you think those books you get come from? Like all of these things come from people who are being paid almost nothing, and you never see them. You've never seen an immigrant show up in your neighborhood not a single one time immigrants don't just fucking show up in your house which is the only place you go to right so yeah they're not going to come and take your remote and they don't get your sofa yeah you still get your lazy boy in your back room yeah and i just want people to know that it's they 
want to see their family. Your mom, your grandmother, your aunts want to see you. They don't know why, and I don't know why. I don't know why that happens. Like, I don't know why my aunt, who's a cop, wants to see me. You know what I mean? But she does. She wants to see me, and she wants me there. Right. So she has to deal with my fighting. If right. she's going to, you know, she's like, that's it. Right. But they want to see you. So if you're afraid of, like, alien being alienated from your family... I mean, my opinion is I don't care yeah, I mean, if, if I'm alienated if, from my family. If they're but, the type that kick you out, you're off the hook. I mean, you get to you get freedom. You have absolute freedom. Yeah. And they'll come crawling back. They always do. Brett's family is always crawling back to him. Always. You know? You I, how many times have you had blow ups? Yeah. And then you still are on good terms with your family. I mean, as good as me and you get with families. But. I mean, it's fine. It's better. I mean, there hasn't been anything. They even start, started changing Fox News when I come over. Yeah. Because I just stare at that fucking screen and I'm just like, I just can't keep my eyes off of it. The shit that's coming in. Because I don't watch that ever. Yeah. Garbage in, garbage yeah. out. Whew, man. Jesus. Oof. It sucks, man. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because this is a guy that didn't like respect this is a guy that didn't respect Fox News for, you know, eight years, voted for Obama twice and just moved away and came back. And it's all of a sudden like Obama didn't do anything while he was president. And I'm like, well, I mean, it wasn't just his fault. He didn't do anything. But I agree with you. He didn't do anything as president. Doesn't this country suck? And he's like, we can fix it. And I said, I don't think we can. Yeah, I, don't, I, I actually mentioned that it. It, I, I mentioned that the United States is a scam to filter money up to rich white people. That's right. all it is. It's just a scam to make you proudly give your money to rich white people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a legal way for you to let people have so much excess so that you can just dream of someday having it yourself. And he, uh, he's a guy, too, that he, he thinks he's going to be a millionaire someday, probably. He doesn't have shit, dude. Yeah. No, he doesn't. I don't think he does. I, I think the oddest thing about the conversation that I was in yesterday was, like, I was saying, like, I know where the resources are. I Like, we know who has all this stuff. Guys like Jeff Bezos, guys like Bill Gates, guys like, like these guys that have all this fucking money. And he kept saying, be careful about talking about taking people's money. And I'm just like, why? Why would I be careful about them? Yeah. Why do I care about their money? They didn't earn that money. I, I actually said, did he said something about Jeff Bezos uh, innovated something. I was like, he invented a store? Like, he's the guy that invented stores? Is that what you're telling me? Because that's all he does is a store. Right. That's not an invention. And that store could run without him. And did a billion dollars worth of work, really. <laughs> Build every, laid, it, laid a billion bricks, I guess, to build all those stores. <laughs> Never loaded a motherfucking truck in his life. Right. Doesn't know anything about loading trucks. Doesn't know anything about anything. Can't run a cash register. Yeah, he's worthless. The undercover boss we did this week was oh, Subway. Oh, yeah. And when you people see, he's the worst one so far. <laughs> when people see this, this guy can't do anything. He cannot do a Useless. single thing in a Subway. Yeah, he doesn't know how the register works, doesn't know how to make a sub in time, can't do... He locks himself in the freezer. Yeah. They send him to go get more ingredients. He goes in the freezer, and he locks himself inside, and he goes, uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> and then he just starts saying, hey, hey. I mean, what use is he? What do we need him for? To get the subs made? Because I don't think we need him to get the subs made. He's so slow. He sends emails and signs his name. Yeah. Yeah, it's useless. They're useless people and generational. I, and you know, telling, I guess telling old American guys that generational wealth shouldn't exist is, is also a no, no, because 
They love their Carnegies and their robber barons and yeah. shit. I just, I don't think generational wealth. Sh- I was like, what did, what did fucking George Bush? I did say, you think he deserves money for selling stuff to the uh, Nazis? Like he was selling shit to the Nazis, and you think that every single generation of his family after that should be allowed to just have money and be rich? And man, uh, you're going deep cuts on a Prescott Bush material. I, you know what, man? I know this stuff. It's yeah, just I know. not it's stuff the, I say. I know. I know. I, I, that's all in my filing cabinet. Yeah. I just keep it it's in so my brain. Easy. Yeah. Or you talk about like, you and talk like, about black wealth when somebody's yelling about like, like slavery doesn't mean anything. And you, and you say something like, you know, well, the, all the people with generational wealth got that generational wealth through slavery. Yeah. So I would, and, and most of them are white and they're white because they kept black people and women from making money. Yeah. So these histories that they, you come up with, none of them even admit that black people and women are, are people, you know, yeah. or indigenous people. Like I'm not telling him to be like, like the the thing is, I'm not telling him to be like me. I'm saying, like, to get the full story, you need to see more than just one side yeah. of the story. That's all I'm fucking saying, right? You know, I mean, like I'm a student of history, but what about like Black Wall Street getting burned to the ground? Like he didn't that even is, know about that. That's I'd that's said that. history. Yeah, yeah, that is history. That's, he doesn't care about that history. The history is there. I mean, that's the thing is all this stuff. What's happened in the social media age is it's real quick to fire off a meme about Ida B. Wells or about any of these fucking leaders. You know, you can put a sojourner, sojourner truth on like a Snapchat video and spread like all that information and people fucking can access it. And people now know these history. This is the stuff that we, this is why we feel so strongly the way that we do is because there's a struggle that's been happening for centuries and it's still happening right now. Yeah. We're still doing it. Yeah. I think the other frustrating thing to me was that I don't, he kept calling me a crusader, which was strange. He just kept saying like, why do you care about these other, these people's struggles? And I was like, well, I don't really have a struggle, number one. And because, you know, I'm just yeah, media doing guy, fine. doing yeah. any, but I believe, I don't want anybody to have a struggle. Like I, your struggle is my struggle. If, if you're like trans and they're about to like say that you don't exist anymore tomorrow, the Trump administration, your, your struggle is my struggle. If you're black and you're being chased by the police, like I know I can't feel that stuff, but I want that stuff to stop happening. Like I want all of my fellow humans, not just the white ones. I want want them to be i want them to have what i have right and i don't have much no exactly I'm even not, like that's the other thing We're, is this like is a, this show is hosted by renters yeah i'm not asking i'm not asking for a lot from from like i'm not asking a lot from these conservative no. people i don't expect them to have a conscious i don't expect them and that's the thing that you need to understand when you argue with them don't expect them to change their mind or have a conscious. But we've said this before about when I cussed out my bosses and stuff like that. They got to go to bed that night and think of the things that they just heard. Yeah. And like they're in sports spend a significant amount of time suggests uh, justifying why they don't have a conscience. And uh, if they really in their heart where Jesus can hear what they're thinking, don't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. You know, the fun thing also is to just say, how come you trust the media when this happens, but you don't trust the media when this happens? Oh, my God. That's yeah. Just questions. Just ask questions. I've said this a lot is, you know, asking questions, asking questions is the easiest thing in the world. And they say that they're asking questions a lot of times. I'm just asking questions. Well, you can just ask questions, too. Like, we're not having a debate club fight. 
you know you know no, there's not exactly. rules to right, this right right and and like if you can speak in generalities then like i'm not saying you'll win but i am saying that when you go home that night you defended yourself right and i want people to def- i I, I just want people to defend themselves. I want them to feel like they defended themselves. I want them to feel good when they go home. I want them to have a clean conscience. I don't want them to like drag, drag these like ugly words that this person said to them through their head and say, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have said this. It's like, that's the worst, man. That cripples you. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard you say it. Oh, and yeah. I know how, like, how much it affects you. And that was one of the reasons that I said I'm taking the gloves off because I, I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to like, ex- like, I don't want him to be comfortable. I don't want these people to be comfortable anymore. Yeah. I want them to feel on their, on, I want them to have to be actually, and actually on their toes too, not some Facebook thumb thugging shit. Yeah. I want them to feel like I feel when touching a wire over there or something. I'm not touching anything. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I want them to feel what I feel when I leave. You know what I mean? When I leave and I don't say anything and I don't defend myself and I, and I'm not being a good ally. I did, I do think like that whole thing about like, we make fun of people who like make their whole identity an ally. You know what I mean? But I do want to be a good ally to yeah. people. And I do think that like, I've seen so many people of color and so many LGBTQ people and so many people say, like the least you can do is like confront your racist relatives. And then a lot of times we figure out a reason why we shouldn't do that. Like, Oh, they're actually loving. They just, they don't understand or they don't have any power or, or they anything just hang like out that in the back room. Yeah. So I just, I hope that I, I, I mean, if, if anybody has problems with people like this in their life, feel free to call in, feel free to DM me or anything. Cause I, I'm willing to talk about it. I, I hope that people stick up for themselves. I, I, I think that like there's a lot more people that are, that are, uh, I feel like there's a lot more people that are willing to do this and want to do this. And it's actually the least you can do if you're a white person. You know what I mean? It's the least you can do if you're a cis white male, cis white straight male. The least you can do is confront your racist and, and misogynist relatives. Well, yeah. And like we, and for sure, if if you don't have to go, you don't have to go and like flip over the table and say like, I'm a communist, everybody. But if they're going to bring up something, ask questions. Why do you say that? Why do you, why you don't care about, you don't care that that guy might've raped somebody, you know, like that doesn't bug you, you know, you just ask questions. You don't have to be you don't have to be on that. You don't have to prove. You don't try to prove anything. We already know that doesn't work. Your facts aren't going to work. But yeah, yeah just keep them on their toes. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody's good at that. Nobody, I mean, if they did it to you, you would be falling over your feet. But yeah. you can't because he's so fucking like tunnel vision. Yeah. He's losing. And he's, losing, he's just scrambling and mad. He's thinking of things in this weird – On a, first of all, he's thinking of things on two poles, Democrat, Republican. Right. And when I say I'm not a Democrat, he – when I said I'm not a Democrat, he said you're skirting the issues. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just not a Democrat. I, like I'm not going to defend things I don't believe in. Right. Which I – you know, that's something he does. Sure. You know? Yeah. No, he goes – a lot of them are going to bat for bullshit just because it's their team. Yeah. I also happen to, I mean, I was a little more mean than you have to be by saying like, you've screwed up the world for generations for your, uh, for your granddaughters and your daughter, and you've made them less comfortable in the world. And, uh, 
you did that because you're selfish and you just wanted to piss off people that you don't like. Yeah. I mean, that is what it is. It is. I they said, gotta, you don't they believe they anything. Gotta hear that. I, I told him, he, I said, you don't believe anything. It's not ideology with you. You don't believe this stuff. You don't believe anything that this guy says. You just, you like him because other people don't. Yeah, and that's all it is. It makes people with pink hair mad. Yeah. Also, just before we take the calls, another funny thing that got to, because I tr- kept trying to change the subject, right? And so we started talking about comedy, which... I can talk about them. Really? I mean, I'm you a, just admitted you don't like any of it and you don't watch any of it. Right. But I'm a comedian, so I can talk about it. Okay. You know, I know okay. about it. I've watched a lot of it. You know, I'm like, we can we can talk comedy. And uh, he got mad. He was like, we we're talking for a few minutes about different things. And then he's he's just furious at Alec Baldwin for this Trump impression. And what? I, <laughs> wait, what? I thought you were going to say he brought up Louis C.K. or something. <laughs> No, he brought up the the Trump impression makes him mad. What? Not even a good impression. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, now he's a student. I'm student history and comedic history. <laughs> he doesn't have any of the ticks or the telltale signs. He doesn't even have like a a mantra quote to go back to to bring him back to the to the character. I mean, he doesn't even convey Donald Trump's brilliance when he does this thing. He doesn't convey his like off the cuff genius when he does this impression. It's sickening to me. It's hurting his feelings. <laughs> yes, it is. It's hurting his feelings. It's making him feel stupid. And that's the kind of thing that makes me think like we can. Well, maybe it is. I'm fine then. <laughs> go and go for it, Alec Baldwin. It's working. <laughs> it well, he's an asshole, but yeah, he sucks, yeah. man. But it's funny that. Like the people who would tell you if you're offended, get a safe space or some shit are the ones that are like mad about the most like, why is his hand gestures like this? Why is he doing these hand gestures? Trump doesn't do that anymore. So milk toast, yeah. such a milk toast. Like, uh, the, the most, it's like, uh, the most boring imitation oh, of yeah. Donald Trump. It's just, yeah, sticking your lips out and having a wig guy and it infuriates them. It's like getting mad at a knock knock joke yeah. to me. <laughs> Like getting all up in a, it's like when people do the banana joke. Orange, you glad I didn't say banana? It's like getting furious about it at the end. Like you wasted my time with the bananas. So he's a big SNL watcher, I guess. Before this, oh, do, you, do, he said I haven't watched SNL since John Belushi was on there. Okay, so not. In the but now I hate SNL. Sure. Well, oh God, yeah. That I mean, another good thing is he kept saying like, "Well, you'll never get me on my side like this." And I said, "I don't give a fuck if you're on my side." I don't want you on my side. I don't want you in my audience. I don't want you. Like if yeah. you if I, if your attitude is like this, then I don't care. That's when we talked about comedy and he brought it to politics and comedy. I said like, "Have you ever thought that maybe like comedians that do this type of material don't care if you come to it and don't want you there and would rather not entertain you?" Right? Because <laughs> I said that's how I feel. It's not for you. <laughs> If a guy like you showed up to one of my live shows, I'd be like, leave. Fuck you. I don't want you here. Here's your money back and throw it at the back of your head as you walked out the door. Right. <laughs> in change. I just throw it in change at you at the back of the head as you walk yeah. out the door. We need to start keeping rolls of quarters on the stage to pitch at people from the stage. <laughs> throw, in a hand, uh, throw in a handful of quarters at the back of somebody's head as they walk out of your show would be the best feeling in the world. My mom told me one time she quit Denny's when on some Sunday – this church couple ran her, this church family ran her ragged and they left behind one of those little coloring books. 
and uh, some and for like forty nine cents and change. So she ran outside and threw the fucking change at him and got fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. The the fu- it was like a really funny joke. I I, I want to give credit for that joke. Uh, one of my favorite guys on radio ever was Ron Bennington, and a guy came in with a haircut, a bad haircut one time, and he was like, "Did they throw your change at the back of your head on the way out?" And it made me laugh. It's the funniest thing for, to me for so, just such an insulting thing that you could do. To oh, a customer. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's get these calls yeah, on, man. Let's see time. what people are talking about tonight in this world. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, howdy. This is uh Mr. Maxwell from Tallahassee, Florida. What's up? How's it going down in Tallahassee? Oh my god, Tallahassee was about to come <laughs> out of my Hey, it's old Tallahassee. <laughs> What's going on down uh, there? Well, I have to say that, that's a new one. I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced that way before. So, uh, that's what oh, the they have. There has to be an old like gold prospector down there that said, "I'm going down to Old Tallahassee." Are there jobs down Tallahassee way? Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it wrong. Tallahassee way. Start saying uh, it that anyway, way, and then when people say, "What's that accent from?" Just say Street Fight Radio. <laughs> there you go. Two idiots from uh, Ohio say it. It's like it's the Midwest thing, I guess. Like, it's just how they say it. <laughs> we have some weird ones. But, uh, yeah, no, I was just calling in because uh, I realized after I got off the phone with you guys last week, I forgot three important things that I needed to mention while I was on the air. Let's do that. Let's get those three okay. things out there. The first thing I forgot to mention was that the Tallahassee DSA has a GoFundMe. So if... Uh, Anybody out there has some spare cash you'd like to throw our way, we're using it to help buy supplies for uh, hurricane relief after Hurricane Michael. And uh, so far, for instance, today, we just ran down uh, a generator and supplies to some people in Port St. Joe, which put a pin in Port St. Joe. I have a story about them. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, if you're uh, interested in uh, throwing some money our way so we can get more supplies to people and help them get through uh, this wonderfully trying time, we'd appreciate it. Uh, just the first thing. Okay. What was that again? How, what, what, how do you get to the GoFundMe? Is there like a Twitter page or anything? Account? Uh, the way that I get to it is I just hop on Google and just type in Tallahassee DSA GoFundMe, and it's the first thing that pops up. Right Perfect. on. That's the be- Actually, can I just say, that's better than giving the web it address is. these it days because people don't hand out web address anymore, and like that's how I find everything. Yeah, dot .com slash dash, yeah. all that stuff is not necessary. Yeah, that's it's the same it, amount of work and that's to how get, I get that out. It, true, and that's how I go to all my websites is just typing into Google first. 65 years old. We're both 60, because <laughs> uh, I do the same thing now. I used to make fun of people for that. Okay, what's number uh, two? Okay, uh, number two that I forgot to mention was uh, Tallahassee DSA specifically. In the interest of a uh, full disclosure, I'm one of the co-chairs, and I forgot to mention that. And a few of the members uh, listened to your show, and they were like, dude, you, you, you forgot to say who you were. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that, that could kind of be helpful if I actually... Uh, it gives you me. some authority, I would say. Like, now, now we believe you have authority in the DSA. Now when I picture in my head, you have a name badge on. That has your title. I don't, but I am wearing a sash. Okay. So, you that's, know. that's very, that's good too. It says world's greatest grandma. But, um, yeah, so that was the second thing that I was going to mention to you guys. The third thing that I forgot to mention 
was all the other groups that we've been working with down here. Okay. I just want to give them a real quick shout out so everybody knows who they are. And if they want to check them out and maybe see if there's some way that they can help them, go for it. I definitely would encourage that. Uh, the first group is the Florida People's Advocacy Center, uh, the Poor People's Campaign, nice. the People for Socialism and Liberation, and the Dream Defenders are four groups that we've been working with down here. Uh, basically helping us find, uh, communities that aren't being supported by FEMA or, uh, any of the other points of distribution. Uh, for instance, uh, the migrant worker population specifically is who we're trying to actually get supplies to. Uh, many of them, they lost their homes and even if they had papers, they lost the papers. Oh, so God. they're not willing to go to a distribution point because most of them are, are swarming with cops. Yeah, and they're scumbag cops. Swarming with yeah, and they don't want to put themselves at risk or their families at risk. So through these groups, we've been able to actually reach out and find them and take supplies to them. That's great. So, That's perfect. I love the Poor People's Campaign. I, I wish there was a, like a robust one here in Columbus. That sounds like one I can get behind. Yeah, it is a great – it sounds like a great organization. And it's good to know where your money's going, you know. There's plenty of places to send me. I saw uh, – I just saw that – did you see that thing about uh, Bono's charity? I do, I imagine I can't imagine where Dude, this stuff goes. What happened? It's like 150 mil, or 15 million dollars they took in, and about 150 thousand dollars made it to different no. charities. No. There's a lot of overhead. What's the <laughs> overhead? Uh, you gotta get your buddy a new car or something. Pool. Yeah. Pool. Somebody got a pool out of that deal. Right. Damn boat. Somebody probably got a yeah. fucking oh, boat. Oh yeah, definitely. You know. You know the boat is in the pool. Yeah. Well, hey, that's, you know that's what I would have to do. I'm landlocked, but I want a boat a and pool, I want a pool. A pool with, uh, I'm sorry, a boat with a pool on it. Yeah, driving yeah. it around like, don't you know who I am? I'm saving the world. <laughs> I hate Bono. God, just nothing good about that guy. Bad musician, bad politics, bad everything. Fuck you, Bono. All right, what's number three here, Mister Maxwell? Okay, and the last thing I was going to talk about, uh, Port St. Joe. So love that name. Week, can, got, I, can I say I love that name because it sounds like you made it up? <laughs> like, like it sounds like it. it well, sounds like a guy named Joe was like found a like he was like I'll build a port here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, most of the times you think you would go with like Joseph because it would have some sort of really old biblical context, but just regular old Joe, <laughs> just Joe, like sloppy Joe, Point Saint Terry. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, 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 no worries, no worries. I was going to say, or the town just really likes coffee and slang. Oh, uh, I like that but, too, though. That would be good if it was just all coffee shops. Hey, it's Port St. Joe. Don't talk to me till I've been to Port St. Joe shirts. Maybe it's Cool Joe hangs out there. Joe Cool. Joe Cool. Joe sorry. Cool. That's just Snoopy the with sunglasses on, my dude. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. I was I just know. letting you know that's not, he's not a real person. That's well, a persona of Snoopy. <laughs> no, but he's his own guy. <laughs> no, but he's not. He's a persona it's of like, Snoopy. But Murder Brian is separate from regular Brian. It's like Diesel and Kevin Nash. Okay, just letting you know. I, uh, I don't want you to. I don't want you to I'm be a Joe in a cool conversation. Fan. I'm, I've never been big about Snoopy. I've been mostly a Joe Cool guy. <laughs> I'm a Joe Cool guy too myself. You know that. You know Joe Cool's the best. <laughs> Joe Cool, the Fonz. No, um, I don't. I can't, I don't. I don't like the Fonz. Too bad, man. Sorry, he's real. Okay, okay. Port St. Joe. Then when okay, we get the off the phone with Mr. Maxwell, I'll list all the coolest guys in the world. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, Port St. Joe. 
uh, we found out from someone who's a reliable source that was there that the Salvation Army had set up a point of distribution where they uh, made sure all the white people got to go first and then told everyone else you can have what's left. Oh, How the God. fuck do you do that? What did they do? Like, did they have a whites-only line? Because that seems unkind. I, I, I don't know how exactly they did it. I don't have the details. Okay. I think it was more of they were bringing up people from a crowd, and then mm. they were choosing who got to go up. You know, uh, the, I once read the most heartbreaking story from a trans person on, on Twitter about the Salvation Army. I will never give them a i i look at the people ringing the bells with anger in my heart because of these this story i heard like i've heard a lot of bad stories about the salvation army but i heard one about a trans uh from a from a trans person on twitter about getting kicked out of the uh shelter and all this stuff and i was just like you know what fuck you salvation army you know it made me so mad and now this makes me mad again you know they seem like a why are all the biggest charity organizations bad like what is that well probably because a lot of them were started by robber barons and you know they just wanted to hold on to their wealth and not actually make any real change that's true that's true that is actually true well but um yeah uh so we found out about that I did a post on uh, Facebook because we're going to make a run point state, Joe. Uh, actually, that was the one we just made to take some, uh, the generator and a few other supplies. Uh, but I did a post about it on Facebook, which wasn't the best idea, but it was one of those, we didn't have the vehicles. I already posted about it on Twitter. So I figured, all right, let's, let's bite the bullet. Let's put a post out on their Facebook. So, uh, within an hour, my aunt, who I'm pretty sure would get along with your father-in-law like a house on fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> can I explain something? They would probably hate each other, to tell you the truth, because they don't like anybody. So <laughs> oh, That's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> but uh, I, I, the post I did was basically, hey, this happened in Port St. Joe. This is what the Salvation Army did. Uh, we need some vehicles to take some supplies. So she goes into this huge tirade that basically boiled down to, you're stupid, you don't know what you're talking about, the Salvation Army is great, why don't you go out there and actually help people? They always say which that. I kind of, which I was kind of like, okay, I was literally just asking for help to help people, but okay, fine. They always so, say uh, that. They always say, why don't you actually help people? And you're like, what are you doing? Right. At least I'm doing something here. I, cause you know why they do that a lot? Well, I, I don't think this is why they do it because they're not smart enough to do that, but it does play on a lot of people like our, our like insecurities about not doing enough, you know? Cause when I've had people say, why don't you do, why aren't you doing anything? And I'm always just like, yeah, you're probably right. I don't fucking do anything. <laughs> you know, sure. I probably do more than the average person. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anyway, she did that, and uh, my response was, as my wife put it, I didn't burn the bridge, I uh, nuked it from orbit. Oh, wow. What did you do? What did you say? I need to hear what you said now. Okay, I basically, actually, let me bring it up right quick. Nice. I love Facebook comments. Brett just read a Facebook argument in a newspaper last week. It yeah. was fucking incredible. There's a small town newspaper <laughs> I was reading, and it was all about how the Facebook farmer's market was going to move, and people were throwing a fit. 
<laughs> Facebook arguments are the best things to read. It's yeah. the top greatest content on the internet. It's Town Square. Yeah. It is. Do you think that's what happened in the original Town Square? Like when there was actually a town square, it was just fucking a bunch of idiots screaming at each other and calling each other assholes. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys listen to uh, uh, the Trillbillies podcast by any chance. Yeah. But they, uh, they've got that bit, uh, speak your piece, they always uh, read out from. And that's just Facebook, like in a newspaper. Yeah. I love that. I, I love when people just say shit. Like, it's, it's my favorite. I loved letters to the editor growing up. I love Facebook. I just, I wish everybody wrote and I, I wish everybody had to document their day at the end of the day and you can just look at what they did. Yeah. <laughs> they had to document it and put it on the internet so that I can go and scroll through <laughs> because if people saw my day, they'd be like, this motherfucker is <laughs> like, he walked for five hours and then went home and watched fucking clear and present danger. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I've got the uh Okay, I've let's hear the, uh, it. post. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh basically uh her thing was blah blah blah, you don't know what you're talking about. Your racist bullshit isn't helping anyone. Which I was like, ooh, language, didn't expect that. Uh oh, the kicker. She didn't post from her Facebook account. She actually used my grandmother's Facebook account. I love that too. Wow. Yeah. That's sneaky. So I I I took a look at it, I'm like, oh my Grandma has something to say. And I was like, oh, Grandma's got a mouth on her. Oh, no, no, no that's my aunt. Never mind. <laughs> Imagine thinking your grandma yelled at you like that. Yeah. Well, some grandmas do. Yeah, I don't have any grandmas left, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so basically I ended up telling her that, you know, I can appreciate you feel personally attacked by this post because I guess if you come for the Salvation Army, you come for everyone. Uh-huh. But I, uh, I mentioned that, you know, we've been working with a lot of, you know, groups all across the Southeast. We've been, you know, we have a fundraiser going, yada, yada, yada. And then at the end of it, I mentioned that, um, you know, how you're speaking to me right now is why I never visit. Ah, Life yes. Is <laughs> Life is short, it's brutal, and it's only getting worse for members of my generation, and I have much better things to do with my time than cater to your fragile feelings. Wow. Wow, that's perfect. Yeah, that, I mean, listen, letting these people know why, letting these people know why they're alone, I think is such an important thing. Like letting them understand, like, you're alone and nobody likes you because of your politics. And I know you think you can take politics out of this stuff, but you can't. Your you politics are who, what makes you up. And that's just, that's the way it, it affects is. Every, yeah, it poisons yeah. everything you do. Yeah. Well, hey, Mr. Maxwell, thanks for calling in and reading, reading a Facebook post. You did nuke her. It was beautiful. And, uh, we'll hopefully, you know, go to this GoFundMe and, uh, help out these hurricane victims. Mr. Maxwell's doing great work down there in Tallahassee. It's not just me. It's a whole bunch of people down here who are working. Well, if they would call in, I'd give them some credit too. Thanks for calling oh, in, Mr. Maxwell. On the horn. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So, okay. I promised and here it is. Okay, ready? Joe Cool, The Fonz, The Terminator, Snoop Dogg. Uh, this is your top five? I don't have a fifth, I don't think. Uh, <sighs> who's cool, like, in that vein? Like, who is... 
Used to think Johnny Rotten was cool, but now I think he sucks. He's awful. Yeah, now he, he was sucks. never cool. He's been a fake from the right. beginning. You know what though? I like the Nevermind the Bullocks album. Really? I do. I've never. I thought it was always sounds so shitty to me. It's the perfect. It's so corny. I thought. Yeah, I'm corny though a little bit. You know. I did like that they used to like spit and shoot snot rockets on people in the front row. Like I like that. Lou Reed. Okay, Lou Reed. That's a good one. All right, that's the top five. What Joe about- Cool, The Terminator, The Fonz, Snoop Dogg, Lou Reed. <laughs> so four out of five leather jackets. <laughs> Just- one a suede jumps or like a velour jumpsuit. Yeah, leather jacket is like the thing, right? Like that's is cool. It? I mean, you you can just buy them nowadays. I mean, all the can't wear one though. Yeah, but I imagine mean, I put on a leather jacket. What people would think of me? I don't. I mean, everybody's doing it. I understand. Cheap That's and easy to get these. But days. the Fonz looks cool in his leather jacket. I look like a dork. He looks like he's way too old to be hey. hanging out with those kids. Hey. He looks like a loser hanging out with those kids. <laughs> right, but he was cool. You know, I don't come into that. my office. Hey. I remember being cool. So, what's the top five gal sends? Oh shit! You're you're showing my misogyny. <laughs> Well, I would say, uh, let's take another call and I'll get you a okay, top five gals. You gotta, that is fair. You got to give think. me a chance. You were asking me about cool dudes. Right. And I know cool dudes. Terminator should be like up higher than the Fonz, though. Yeah. He's so cool, man. You know what? A good friend of mine once told me that he admired James Cameron so much as a filmmaker because he wanted to have this basically like an alien, like a from the outer space guy from the future wear a leather jacket and sunglasses. So in order to accomplish that, he just threw him like right in the middle of a biker bar. And that solves your problem. That explains why this guy traveled in time and is also a badass. Looks like a badass. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's smart to, you know, honestly, the thing is it's smart to have a guy in a leather jacket be the bad guy in a movie. That's cool. Sure. You know? That's what we're all looking for. Okay, yeah, I'm I mean, get yeah, some they really charm you. They're, you're like moth to a light. For <laughs> well, I just I like cool things. I mean, Joe Cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool as hell, man. So, Wish yeah. he smoked. <laughs> Maybe you know, like yeah. one cig hanging out of his mouth. They were just too scared. One a to year. Do it. Yeah. One a year. He's a one a yeah. year guy for a picture. Sure. He's just like just oh, have it hanging picture. from his mouth. Just, Not don't light it. <laughs> do a Will Smith. <laughs> Write that down in our ideas for shirts. Right. Right. <laughs> Joe's, Joe Cool with an unlit cigarette. Yeah. Also, can I replace? Um, maybe I'll replace Snoop Dogg with Joe Camel. Because he is cool. And he always, he wore a leather jacket when he played pool. <laughs> yes. And pool is cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm getting in there. I'm getting in there. I got to look. I got to look at my phone real quick. All right. Thanks for calling. Who are we talking to? Hello? How's it going? Hey, holy shit. I'm on the air. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. So far, so good. Uh, we're, we're flying high uh, on Brian's victory, so... Rallying the troops, having a good night. Well, damn, damn, that's sick. Well, guys, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I'm not going to terror you guys, but uh, uh, I'm Floyd calling in from Brooklyn. Howdy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just to get it out of the way, would you mind telling my buddy uh, James the Butcher to quit sawing my dick off and call into Street Fight? I tried to get him to do it with me all summer when we were living together. 
and the fella, he just, he, we never made it work, and now I'm living down in New York, and uh, it never happened, so. It's scary, though. Some it, people are just, like, scared to do that, you uh, know? Yeah, you got to call in. I don't know. Jimmy the Butcher, we expect a call. <laughs> We're yeah, nice. Right. We're always nice. Yeah, yeah, we'll take care of you. We'll make you real comfortable. Goddamn right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, yeah, so I, I just moved down to New York uh, from Massachusetts. I was out there working on a farm, like fixing tractors and shit. That sounds cool. And now that, is that against the law now? True. True. I have heard tractors. that. Yeah. Fixing tractors. <laughs> like John Deere locked people up in a contract. Says you can't mess around yeah, with I've, them. I've been seeing that stuff online. I mean, it's been happening with cars for the past couple of years too. Like everything, they want everything to go through the dealership. They're making it harder and harder to work on your own shit. Right. Um, but when I when I was in high school, I was working at like an Audi, like BMW, like fancy Euro trash garage, uh-huh. and all the new cars were coming. Like they they make them without dipsticks now, on like the higher wow. end models. They really? don't even give you a dipstick. So yeah. What do you yeah, have to do? Crazy. Take it well, in to get a check. have to. Well, that's what they want you to do. Uh, or you can go into the computer in the car, like in the center console. And it's really stupid and it takes forever and it's not accurate and it's just useless. So we like, we ended up cutting like custom dipsticks for like all the different models of cars. Wow. Um, but it was, it was idiotic. And like some of the, it's becoming more and more common. At least I stopped doing that kind of work a couple of years ago. But when I, when I stopped, there were like Volvos and Audis and stuff that you had to use like a uh, an OBD2 computer to unlock the back brakes so you could change brakes on them. Oh, uh, and if wow. you didn't have that, you couldn't... And, like, that should be easy. Everybody should be able to work on their own stuff. Yeah, up. yeah brakes should, shouldn't require a computer input. I've been doing my own brakes on yeah. my car recently. Well, not, like, yeah. I don't do it all the time, but I did the brakes the last time. I felt so good about myself. I felt like a hero. Hell my yeah, wife man. was afraid for like a month afterwards. Like, oh, <laughs> Brian did the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, that, I know that feeling. No, it's good. It, it, you should be able to do it yourself because it's easy and it saves you a ton of fucking money. Yeah. It's, you know, like most places want to charge you like 400 bucks an axle. It's, it's insane. I know. That's, but, well, uh, that's what got me to do it. It was like I knew the parts yeah. for changing your brakes can't, don't cost much more than like 50 bucks. And I went to no, have not it, at all. I went to have it look that and they gave me like a hundred dollar estimate and I, or a $500 estimate. And I was like doing that by myself. Yeah, I'm going to figure this right, out myself. Dude, yeah. Go on YouTube. Hell yeah. I mean, YouTube. Dude, that's exactly it. Yeah. YouTube is. Yeah. YouTube is the modern Chilton. Right. Invaluable. <laughs> Love yeah. a Chilton. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Like, I got this job on a farm, like, for the summer, and I was, it was my second year working there, and I didn't know anything about working on tractors, but I kind of talked my way into that job, and uh, everything I was doing was, like, through YouTube and through the internet. Like, I, it showed me everything I needed to know. I admire it was people incredibly who... incredibly helpful. I admire people who like talk their way. I used to know this guy at the call center that didn't speak mm. Spanish. He was a uh, tech yeah. that didn't speak Spanish. And he was, they were like, Hey y'all, if you speak Spanish, we'll give you another dollar mm. an hour. So he just told him he spoke Spanish and used Babelfish <laughs> to translate it. 
<laughs> and he got that extra dollar an hour, but there were a considerable amount of Spanish speaking customers that did not get their stuff fixed. Right. Oh my but god. But it was like yeah, that's, that's another not, dollar. That's not a successful one though. You can't I, I keep that going for very long. I know, but it's cool. Yeah. I, well, I, you can't knock the hustle, man. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Make that buck. I knew a screen printer. That's- I knew a screen printer that talked his way because he was like really good at art and like Photoshop and computers. Mm. He talked his way into the mm. job and he literally looked at the model number of their printer and then like went in the bathroom mm. and watched tutorials about <laughs> it. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And That's, he was like, That's what it's like working nowadays. Yeah. That, and, and he, yeah, he was a bit younger, but he had already like become a head screen master at another place. Like that was just how he got his foot mm. in the door. Man, that's dude. It's it's all a hustle. I don't know. It I, is. So like, I I I was working as I like worked as a car mechanic for years, like all through high school, through college. But like, fuck that, man. It's a terrible industry to work in. And the last place I was working was a nightmare on this farm. Boss was like nice guy, but small business tyrant kind of guy. He tried to get us to do all like self evaluations in front of him like on paper in the in a chilies. Oh god. Uh yeah, that was a, that was not a good good thing. Um but so I I applied to a bunch of jobs over the summer and I I Brian what you were saying earlier about uh or yeah, Brian you're saying about your wife uh applying for a bunch of jobs like that and not hearing back. That it was like all summer I applied to a bunch of fucking jobs, like 40 of them didn't hear back until like right at the end, a friend of mine put me in contact with this uh, gallery down in New York. And like next thing you know, I'm trying to talk my way into being an art handler. And wow. uh, it's way better work than fucking uh, working on cars. That's for damn sure. But, uh, so that's what you're you know, doing now? World, yeah, I'm working as an art handler at this huge gallery in New York. It's fucking crazy, man. That sounds it's crazy. Yeah, I don't even have any concept of what that is. It sounds like scary to me, like you could break important stuff. Like, are you handling it as in like moving it physically from place to place or like just purchasing it or whatever? So I work, I work two days in a warehouse and then two days in the gallery house. I like build crates and boxes that the art goes into. And then I like help manage inventory. The place looks like a, at the, you know, the end of a, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're in the big warehouse and there's just crates everywhere and they're they're hiding the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. It looks like that. There's just like thousands of crates full of art and paintings and sculptures and all this shit. Like millions of dollars, millions and millions and millions of dollars in art that's just in a warehouse. It's fucked up. Wow. Uh, and then the other ha- part of the week I work in the gallery and I work with the art dealers and I like install paintings and sculptures and shit for them for their like high profile viewings. So I, it's, dude, this world is insane. The money is like nothing I've ever seen before in my entire life. These people are, are like, I thought I knew rich people. I, I did, I did not know rich people until getting this job. That's it's, crazy. It's terrifying. Yeah. Once there's a new height. Uh, yeah, I mean that—that's so. Um, I remember moving away from Columbus and being like in Dallas and being like, "Now, wow, this is some rich people," you know, seeing some yeah. places and cars, like seeing the real like quarter million dollar cars driving down the road. And yeah. Shit. No, it's it's just crazy. Like these people are throwing like these paintings that people are buying them, 
and they're worth more than all the debt of me and my friends put together. Oh my and it's God. one painting that somebody, yeah. Like, dude, get, get a load of this. The other day, I moved a sculpture um, that, it's a, a Calder sculpture from the 50s. The thing w- was probably about 12 inches high, and that goes for half a million dollars was the last time, the last time it sold. What? It's just a, it's just a, but it's just because people want that shit. Because, like, rich people talk it up and the, the dealers talk it up. and Right. They just it, they get high on their own supply. They just all convince themselves that this is, like, the greatest. Mm-hmm. Do, are people yeah, buying the stuff? Or, like, are, are they actually purchasing yeah. it or are they just pricing it? Because a lot of times I wonder if some of that stuff, they just price it. And they're like, yeah, if somebody was to buy this, it'd be $500,000. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Like, so every, every couple of months we have new shows that we install in each of the galleries and we're closing out two shows right now. And let's see, the one where I work had like 11 paintings and they were selling anywhere from 250000 to $350,000 and they're all sold. Oh, um, I don't even know where you get that kind of money that you can spend on art. Like thinking about like, this is a painting that I'm going to have and I'm going to hang on my wall, like spending that. Like, nah, dude, they, they ain't buying it for aesthetics, man. They're buying it because they're, uh, they're like, they're buying it for, uh, the value to grow. It's no different than buying stock. Yeah. And they just, you know, people dilute themselves to think that it's like, that they're better, you know, cause it's dealing with aesthetics or it's, you know, it's, it's more rarefied. It's a painting. It's, it's special, but like these people are just buying it because it's an investment. And the the shit that the dealers put out is determinant on like how the it's a market. So like there are a bunch of paintings by one painter that are worth a bunch of money. They're not going to flood the market, even though you know there's thousands of paintings by them. They're uh, only going to sell a couple, so they can keep the the market value up. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's like it's fucking it's a crazy world, and like I moved out here and I never seen anything like this before in my life. And, but all the guys that work there are super fucking cool. They're all just normal dudes. They're all trying to be artists. They're, they're doing their thing. And so I, I, I'm in there and I'm salting like crazy. I gotta get that. It's just gotta get that place organized. Yeah. Cause, uh, otherwise, like it could be, it could be a really good gig, but they exploit people like crazy. The dealers are making six figure salaries and everybody else ain't making shit. That's bullshit. Yeah. Because it's also, you need, they trust you. They're trusting you with yeah. millions of dollars of stuff, and you're you're safely transporting millions of dollars worth of merchandise all week long. Yeah, you, exactly. Right, like that's a that's well, and, it's, it's none of the shit happens without without any of us doing our thing, without the warehouse guys building the crate, moving shit across the world. Like we we keep all this stuff moving, and like my my coworker, uh, he's been there for a year and change. And, uh, they just, they offered him health insurance, but they don't pay him enough for, for him to, to accept their health insurance package. Oh, really? And it's just like, yeah, it's like, so he can't that's get the in? biggest fuck you. No, he can't get, cause the, the pay isn't good enough. It's like, why are you, what kind of empty gesture is that? Yeah, that's fucking wild. That's really shitty. I don't know. I wouldn't even feel comfortable offering at that point. Yeah, it's, I don't know. But so like, I'm. The thing is, though, that like people, people are working there. They've been there for a long time, 
and from some of the older guys have just been hearing crazy stuff about like after the 2008 uh you know the crash they apparently fired like a whole department of people uh. just just because and so the like the guys i work with like were around and survived that and now they're they like kind of joke about it but i'm like dude this ain't that ain't funny. It could happen again. Yeah, I mean, we're we're like, yeah. The economy is not the the most stable thing. You know, it definitely yeah exactly. It, it blows up every ten years or so. We're about due. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I'm like I I I'm trying to get them more. I'm trying to figure out how to get this place moving and get people organized. You know, I've just been just talking a lot of trash. Uh, about, about the money and all. And people, like a few guys are like kind of coming around and being like, yeah, it's, that's, sounds kind of fucked up, man. Like, I guess it is kind of fucked up that they don't pay us. But I'm, I'm wondering part of the reason I called in tonight is like, any advice you got for trying to put something together? Uh, I'd appreciate it. I don't know. We've never really done it. I don't think I'm, I don't consider myself like an expert on the subject, but I'm sure mm-hmm. that we can get you in contact with somebody. Uh, I don't know what the best way to do that is. If you want to, um, if you want to email me, and then if yeah, you're an sure. organizer and you want to want to link up, you can email me as well, and I and I'll make it happen. Street Fight Hell Radio, yes, Street Fight Radio at Gmail dot com. Yeah, I'll shoot you guys an email because there's been some organizing happening in like the museum world. I know MoMA in New York, like just organized. Okay, I'm gonna try to reach out to them. I was gonna say, make that connection. Get, Those people are always yeah. looking to spread their wings when it right. comes to stuff like that. Yeah, when somebody is organizing exactly. something and they hear from somebody else, they're like, "I'd love to organize you too." <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. there are so many people out there that are like, it, it's a, it's a weird. It's a world that's almost like like comedy or something like that, where yeah. people are constantly, you know, they it's sort of like a big break sort of situation. You want to be successful at something like this, and you have to do as many as you can. So I'm sure there are a lot yeah. of people out there that would be willing to take this on. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm gonna start kind of digging into it. I'm gonna go to my first DSA DSA meeting out here on Tuesday, so I'm hoping to make some connections there. I always wonder, uh, like for me, a, a lot of times it's like the hardest thing is, is this a union? Like, is this, is a current union going to work for this? You exactly. know, you know, like, cause there's nobody that really deals in this world. That's why I always, yeah, my hope is always like, uh, let's just make our own union. Let's make our own artists yeah. union. And like that, that exactly. would be the thing to do. God, I wish we could. Yeah. That's like. That that really seems like how it would happen. You know, it's got to happen organically from the inside. Like at this point, I'm just trying to figure out like who's got the kind of power around the place, who's got like the the social sway, and like also just who's in who you know could be can, who's who's like you know left leaning or 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 could come around to that way of thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, but they're also, I mean, they're getting paid very little money in New York City. That has to be like a sticking yeah. point. No, I think that's the big, the biggest thing, that, like the biggest thing that's got the conversations going has been like talking about how much we get paid. And like having, it, it happened a couple of weeks ago, like a couple of guys who like all knew each other. We were all like shooting the shit and talking about bad jobs. And we started talking about how much we each get paid hourly. And then we all kind of realized that we were all getting paid the same. And it wasn't like, despite our levels of experience, like a couple of guys have been there for a while and they were getting paid the same as me who just started. 
Yeah, oh, that's, like, wait, that, that's, that sounds that's like, not right. yeah. And, and it's like, for you, that's even like, well, what is, what is the end game here for me? If these guys have been working here exactly. forever and I, they haven't had raises, what is going to end up happening right. for me? Is it a small gallery okay. or like a museum? Like, is it a place that's it, bringing in a no, ton of it's money? It's art selling. It's a place to sell. It's not uh, like to, you don't okay. pay, you don't pay well, admission to, it, to look at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's uh it's like yeah, a, it's a gallery. So like, you don't pay admission, but they do. Like, their goal is to sell art. They're they've got people who are dealers that call rich people and set up meetings and show work to them. And you know, it's like like high profile. They're like selling cars, but it's right. like very personalized. Right. Um, so these these like really but, rich people get up their asses about certain people, and like artists become hot, and then they want to have something yep. from them. And then exactly, they want to exactly. show it off. So I'm going to show off. And then, like you said, if you put your if you put your money in the right artists and they blow mm-hmm. up ten years from now, then you double your money. Okay, okay. It's, exactly. like, it's like buying or action figures and keeping that. them in a package. Yeah, it's like the big scale yeah. of that. I only ever got to buy action figures and keep them in a package. Well, actually, my <laughs> art purchasing was probably a whole bunch of designer vinyl figures, like Japanese vinyl figures. Yeah, yeah. All right, like, dude. That's more. That's that's better than this shit. You know, it's like. These people are buying it, yeah, because it's an investment, and it's not even new. These artists aren't new; they're established. They're old people, you know. They're, right. they're you it's, know, fifty-year-old artists, or they're artists that are have been dead for you know half a century or a century, and so they're yeah. being sold to other really old people. Got it's it. It's like it's the institution doesn't elevate anyone. It isn't challenging anything. It's not it's cutting just, edge. You know, insider trading. Right. Right. Huh, that's fucking wild, yeah. dude. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's 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 fucking in- crazy very world. Interesting, yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I know nothing I'll keep about you all it. <laughs> with what the hell happens. Yeah, please but, do. Uh, some we're gonna make something happen. That's for damn sure. Or get fired. I don't know. We'll see. Hell yeah. Well, that's the way to think about it. At least, like you know the the consequences. That's how I always thought about it. Well, whether we're gonna get this or we're gonna get fired. Yeah. I've gotten jobs. I've been fired before and I've gotten jobs again before. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. Th- thanks for calling in, man. Have a good night. Yeah, dude, for sure. Take care of yourselves. Peace. We will. See you guys. Okay, list of five cool women. I do have it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Madonna. Very cool. Okay. In my day. Don't if you do, yes I get it if you don't scratch the sur- if just don't scratch the surface yeah don't don't be scratching surfaces on these people okay okay good. that's a good rule Harley Quinn yeah true <laughs> my daughter is head over heels about Harley Quinn <laughs> Black Widow don't yeah. again don't cool. look at the person no Black that plays Widow. Black Widow Domino from Deadpool very cool Jada Pinkett Smith good one thank you. Very cool women. Good choices. Jada Pinkett Smith was in a new metal band. Right. She did, uh, yeah, she, we'll have to, we're going to have to, we'll Wicked send Wisdom. the link. Yeah. Wicked Wisdom was right. what they were called. Yeah. Right. She played Ozfest. So those are cool. Five cool women. I named five cool men. Thank you. There you go. Let's All right. Let's get this next right call in. Here. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey guys. Uh, it's Nathan. I'm calling from DC. What's up, Nathan? How are you doing tonight? Good. I got a cat on my chest. I just ate a grilled cheese sandwich. Dang, that's um, what I had for dinner, too. Talk to you guys. That's what I had for dinner, too. It's grilled great. cheese. Nice. What's going on tonight, yeah, man? You can't mess it up. I had a grilled cheese, except oh, for that it was open face. It's called pizza. Ah. It's cheese pizza. <laughs> that's true. 
Uh, you know what? I, I wanted to call in. I was, uh, you guys were talking. I can't remember if it was last week's show or the week before um, about the situation of the, the girl that got tased at the uh, grocery store. Yes. And uh, it reminded me of a, something that happened happened in D.C. Is uh, So basically, like, here we have, um, they call it the D.C. Metro, you know, and it's uh, uh, basically like our public transportation system. And they're supposed to give out these um, passes to the kids who use it to get to school in the morning. Um, and the city didn't make enough passes, so what started happening is kids start hopping the turnstiles to get in right. to the uh, train to, to go get to, to school. school. And, yeah, and all this, um, so what started to happen, is the, so the Metro hires this private police force to, like, enforce all that stuff. Um, and these you know, the kids would jump the turnstiles and it kind of escalated to the point where all this video starts surfacing of these kids getting maced and like, um, just swarmed by like, uh, it, it just treated very aggressively. And, um, and I was thinking about it. It's like, first of all, they're, they're supposed to be getting on for free. You know what sure. I mean? And second of all, even if it wasn't, it'd be like, it's like two bucks. Like who gives a shit? Yeah. You know? I mean, and, if they're going to school, then they get to go. For, I mean, if you're going to make right. kids go to school, then they should go for free. Yeah, and uh, right. why is why is nobody able to just be like, fuck it, let them through. They're going to school. They got their backpacks exactly. on. They got their damn lunch bags. They're going to school. Right. Just let them and, through. And, there, there's there's a handicap. I, I rode the Metro a whole bunch. There is like access on the side for people that can't go through the turnstiles. Just let them through. Yeah. And like they, know, it's not like they don't know what's going on. You know, they know that the city is not uh, like messed up and didn't provide enough of these passes they or whatever. Probably see but them five like, days a week. And, and, right, right, right. Yeah, and I, I think about like what's what's the mentality going? At? Like what? It, it's got to be bigger than this because this this isn't the, the you know it's happening everywhere. We start we see this kind of thing happening, and it's like this mentality of like if if this kid hops this turnstile and gets on the metro for free then he's getting away with something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't have anybody getting away with something, and I can't have anybody getting something that I have to pay for. Well, yeah, and it's the state cracking down that says, like, no, no, no. We don't listen to circumstances, and we don't care about what the concepts are, if these kids are supposed to be riding for free or not. We care about cards. We care about issued identification cards and turnstiles, right. and that's what we care about the most. And if anybody should try to go around that system, we'll beat them and mace them. Right. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, this strange, uh, strident, like adherence to, I mean, to some sort of like, I guess, just an appeal to authority. Like, it's just really that like laying down and getting walked all over by the rules and making the rules. No, no, no. The rules dictate reality. The rules tell us how yeah. we can live. Us people down here in the subway system couldn't just let these kids through. That's not our choice to be made. We're just part of the right. rules. The rules, do. yeah, that's bureaucracy. That is the isn't yeah. That's that's and bureaucracy. The, the rule said you try to get a free fare. You're supposed to pay zero fare, though. You're supposed to pay zero dollars. So I now I have to pepper spray you. They pay, yeah right yeah. You, you jump this turnstile on your zero dollar fare. Yeah. I, God damn it. And the, the, yeah, you could just not pepper spray people. You could just not tase people. Just let them fucking right. go. Where's the humanity? Where's like, the camaraderie? Like, Where's the like, 
this is some bullshit. They, they, they haven't given you no goddamn passes yet. That's what I would say every morning when I did, when I showed up at the toll booth and 10 more kids showed up without their fucking free passes with their book bags and the brand new school shoes on. I would say, why the fuck don't you have those yet? Come on, go on through. <laughs> they it's act that like easy it, to solve right. it. They act like it was a 35 year old man dressed like a schoolboy jumping the thing like, Oh, hello. <laughs> Right. They treated yeah, they treated them like it was a like it was a grown man who was who was at some kind of, like it was eleven uh, I can't remember eleven or fourteen, something around it was like a uh, middle school age kid. The one that made the video. <laughs> yeah. Thirty five year old man in like those John F. Kennedy Jr. shorts. Yeah, looking like uh, Ang- <laughs> Angus Young. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Fucking Angus Young jumped the if Angus Young jumps the turnstile, spray his ass. I don't right. care. He's not allowed. He has to pay. <laughs> He's got to pay for this. He's got to pay for those kids that are going for free. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. I uh, that's I don't awful. know what yeah. goes on with I don't know what goes on with these people. These these like cops and security guards. Like I don't know what goes on in their mind. They like they remove all of their own agency from them. They're not thinking people. They're not logical people. They're they're not yeah. doing anything. They're like they're doing Follow less than orders. nothing. They're just a robot. Yeah. They're just following the rules. And you know what's what what I noticed too. So I'm a um, similar to I think your your cousin or nephew who uh, ended up getting jammed up for it. Um, I'm a social worker at high school, so I work with a lot of um, like the police will come and they're like probably the most um, like they're the best at working with kids. So they're the ones that get detailed to the schools, and it doesn't matter like how on an individual level like how empathetic or understanding they are. They always hit some kind of rule that they have to enforce that makes it like super difficult uh for the kids yeah and again you know, you're just uh, like you don't you have a situation just lie yeah you can also lie right, right. like that is a very right. possible thing lying for good things isn't bad <laughs> <laughs> put that on a bumper sticker <laughs> right right <laughs> at least for me i i think like if you were lying and being like if your lie meant that this kid gets to like stay with their family or something like that if it right. was the difference between something like that and being separated lie it's fine. Yeah. Right. Nobody will blame you and, for lying. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause that's the exact situation that happened. You oh, know, really? and it was like, it was like, yeah, we had like, I don't want to get into it because I don't know, you know, who's, sure, who's listening, but basically it's like, um, you know, it, it was like it, the officer had to make a decision of like, bring this kid in or walk away. And, um, you know, she had to bring it in and, and you could tell she was pained by it because she didn't want to because she understood the situation. But it does at a certain point, it just becomes bigger than that, you know, and it becomes a systemic thing of like, um, again, yeah, like, like you have to enforce these rules regardless of what the human, um, circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. You have to turn um, off, yeah. you have to turn off your internal emotions. You have to turn off your own, like, all of your senses and your intuition about this situation, you have to shut it all off for the paperwork. And we only, right. we only trust a cop's judgment if they're shooting a black person. We couldn't possibly trust right. this cop's judgment to leave this kid with their family. That, no way. We would never trust that judgment. Right. That could be a bad decision. Right. You know, we'll trust right. their judgment on, on most things. 
except for when it's something that could actually benefit somebody. I mean, so many kids get separated from their families on technicalities and on bullshit or like the cops came on the worst day of their life or something like that, right. where it's like, right. but, but you could, there are so many ways to stop these situations. And one of them is lying. And one of them is saying, no, we're not, I'm just not going to do this. I'm not going to be the one to do this. I know there's a hundred people that'll do it. But when I look at somebody who made the decision to do something that they knew was going to damage somebody, like it really bums me out. Like I just found out one of the parents in my neighborhood that, that like I always thought was like mean a little bit actually used to work mm-hmm. at a uh, juvenile detention and quit that job because it was so immoral. Like they felt like what they were yeah. doing was immoral. And I admire that person so much now. I like, I can't even, I oh, want to yeah. go up to her and shake her hand and be like, I just, I admire what you did because a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people yeah. just go to work and they make the money and they like do mm-hmm. the things that they don't agree with. And, and they just keep doing it. Quitting your job is, yeah. that's brave thing to do you know it's brave to be the person that helps somebody it's in my opinion it's like it's brave to be the person that helps somebody it's not brave to blindly follow the rules and like tear people apart that's how these kids got i mean that's how these kids are locked up and separated from their families it was just a lot of people Mm -hmm. who were just doing yeah like Like, following order i guess the rules say we got to take their kids away from them it's like fucking why yeah yeah why? Don't do right. it. If you didn't right. do it, it wouldn't happen. Right. There you go. Boom. Right. That's problem solved. We're so used to like, I mean, and you know, that like millions of sociologists have spent millions of fucking hours talking about how like bureaucracy insulates people from their bad decisions and insulates power from, from like these horrible, the, these horrible results. But like, you know, I'm to the point now where I, I think the, like the world we live in is fucked. And that if we don't do anything, the people in power are definitely not going to do anything. You know, these guys are fucking going out to eat and getting screamed at and still doing the same exact shit. Like we need to start like encourage, like when, you know, people encourage jury nullification and when people encourage these like not doing the things you're supposed to do. I mean, there has to be cops that don't feel good about what they're doing. They're has to be yeah and like those cops need to be pressured to not do it then you know or or these ice people or there's people that get into these positions because they just got out of the military and they didn't know what else to do like we gotta stop letting people have the out that it's just a big bureaucracy right. and a big business. And that's why I did the things that I did because that is the out. That is why bad things are happening. Right. Yeah. They should have like a, like a shield um, squad that just goes around uh, letting people off the hook and like letting people out. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. They just interject <laughs> and they interject themselves into all these situations and they're just like, you know, you're going to charge this kid with fucking a felony assault because he got a, he fought back in a locker room, you know? I just fucking saw a right. guy get a year in prison for stealing plants off of a front porch. Like plants that were hanging, the plants. Right. That, hanging I mean, Brett has 3,000 plants on his front porch. Like, he just went and stole basket plants. They gave him a year. God damn. Ugh. And then you read the comments and people are like, oh, it's only a year. And it's like, it's a fucking a year. Lot. It's always, it's a year of misery. It's, right. it's not a year. It's not a year of Netflix fixing and chilling. It's a year of fucking no. miserable. It's a year. Your life got set back. Yeah. That is yeah, what it is. They don't like, talk about that. 
people don't also don't think about is like so you know I've, I've had some students that have um, been incarcerated and like if you get in a fight if you get caught with drugs if you know like while you're inside and like you're just trying like it you know you're just trying to live and cope in there you get extra years one year could turn into however many years right I'll, I'll, you know and it just becomes like a I'll tell you a story right now actually that I that I had just that I had just been told by somebody that I'm close to. Um, uh, so this person's son is in prison right now for, uh, mm-hmm. there was a robbery and he was there. He claims he didn't do anything, but he got nine years. Okay. Damn. And, uh, mm-hmm. he was really fucked up on heroin and stuff. It's just a really sad, like story, right? He got nine years. They yeah. were going to let him out at three. Okay. Right before he was about to get let out at three, he got into a fight with a guy in prison. He claims it wasn't like his fault. And it was like, you know, there are guys that like just, they don't, they're not self-aware. And maybe he did get into this fight. And, uh, the day he was supposed to get out, like his family was ready for him to get out. They had the party set up and everything. And he, they had re remade his sentence nine years because of that fight. And he just didn't get out and he's still in there. God, oh, and man. it's like the saddest thing yeah. I can ever think of that. Like they're separating so this sad. guy from his kids for fucking nine years because yeah. he fucked up, you right. know? Right. Like, and three uh, is just like a, amazing. I mean, three is just, I couldn't imagine yeah. having my life put on hold for three years and then coming out with a felony charge and trying to have a stable life. Right. Yeah. I was, I was heartbroken by it. And this, this person, this person doesn't quite understand. Like, I mean, I think this changed this person that I know, like it changed the way that they look at the prison system and the way they look at the police and the way they look at law. But I never want somebody to change by their son getting yeah. nine years in prison, like right. having, having, you know, the six wake, years being put the wake back. up call. Yeah. Yeah. I never want that to yeah. happen. I feel for that guy so bad. I mean, because a fight in prison, first of all, there's fights in prison. There's going to be, you know, the, right. these are guys. There's going to be drugs. There's going to be fights. Yeah. And prison. how do you blame it on one guy in prison? How do you, right. how do you blame the people for it? Do you know they're, I don't know. And adding just the rest of that sentence back on, that's just real fucked up. And that's a court did that. Yeah. Again, a court did that. Yeah. Didn't inform the family. Didn't inform him. Didn't inform anybody. Right. You know? Yeah. There was a, yeah, it's, it's a fucking awful situation. All right. Yeah. And, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, no, you go. Kind of, uh, you go. Yeah. One last thing just on that point. And, um, a lot of people don't, consider or like it's it's talked about but a lot of people don't actually think about like what that does to um kids like a family structure if a parent is incarcerated oh yeah. you know and like especially at like certain ages and then it 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 just perpetuates and it it becomes so much more difficult for that family uh to you know make their way out of whatever situation that they're in yeah, or this whatever dude, situation these, was created. And these police are, these police are living in the suburbs and driving into neighborhoods to do the policing and they aren't living in these areas and they don't, they all don't have to see the actual terror that they are causing on these communities by splitting them up like this and tearing it, tearing it apart. Right. You know? right. And this, this kid is six and, uh, mother died of an overdose not too long ago. Mm. And like, She's living with her grandparents. 
like splitting time between two grandparents because they got her dad in jail. And, uh, I just, I don't know, man. I like, I they're can't, not help, they're not helping this situation. This is, no. this is people in crisis. No. And, and they, they've they, done nothing right. to assist or help or, or make this better. Right. You know? They, they say it's his fault. Like, he, oh, it's his fault. He fucked up. He's the one that did something. And it's like, he's not the only one being punished right now. And for you to say that his, right. whatever right. his selfish actions caused his family to go through this, that's not fair. That's still not fair to this kid. That's not justice. Right. You know? It's, I, I, it makes me sick. It's, it's a really like, uh, just the way people think about sentencing and stuff like that and the way people think about these things. Like, they just don't get it. They really don't. It's the same thing with drone no, strikes. They really don't. I always think about. Yeah. Like, yeah. they talk about people having like complete panic attacks when they hear a plane fly over now because drone strikes have been killing people in their part of the country forever like people in yemen and stuff and it's just like yeah why are we doing this isn't none of this is helping anybody we're just terrorizing people constantly well thanks for calling in uh yeah no problem. If I could just plug one thing real quick, something we're doing in D.C., if that's all right. Go for it. Yeah, you guys are up against a break. All right. Um, so uh, I'm working on a, on a uh, local school board race um, for Ward 1 in D.C. Um, the candidate, uh, it's back, she's backed by our local DSA chapter. Um, her name is Emily Gasoy. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at, at Emily, Emily G-A-S-O-I. Um, if you want to follow, if you're into like education and you're into like education policy, she's going up against a, a Capital One executive Ugh. with wow. no education experience that was basically propped up by uh, like corporate education mm. and just dumped a whole bunch of money into this campaign. So if anybody's in the DC area, they want to, you know, come help out, knock on doors, you'd appreciate it. Keep bankers out of school boards, please. Yes. Don't, that's oh, the last absolutely. place we want them. <laughs> All no, right. Right. Thanks for calling in. We're going to go take a break now. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, Bye. thanks for tuning into the show so far. We've got a, more calls to go. Glad everybody's excited to, to get it in. Uh, we will be taking calls here in just a few minutes. We're going to step outside, get some water, uh, and take a whiz. We are on WCRSFM. You can listen to us on WCRSFM.org. You can watch us on the live stream, see our reactions to the calls, and also see like when I'm choking on the vape and I'm trying to keep it cool while someone is telling a very serious story. Um, you can check those out on twitch.tv slash streetfightradio or youtube.com slash streetfightwcrs. Uh, if you have music, if you're a musician, send them in, streetfightradio at gmail.com. We're looking for stuff that we can play on the stream because – it gets scrubbed for popular music and then we possibly get sued. So we want to keep these things up as long as possible. Your band this week is called Youth Expire. Um, some drony shit. Get ready, um, to get hang out, hang around in the sludge. Um, they are from New York City. They sing about pharma, the pharmaceutical industry, pollution and addiction. We are Street Fight Radio. We'll be back.
Street Fight Radio is back. Hope you enjoyed that track by the one and only Youth Expire. You can find them. They are on Spotify and Apple Music and all of that. So check them out. Give them a listen. They're listeners. They send them, sent the music in. If you're in a band, streetfightradio at gmail.com. Type us up an email. Send us your stuff. I got to tell you, something that has a playlist is best. One song as a wave isn't the best format. I need something that can play for, you know, the 10 minutes while we go and powder our nose. So thank you for being here. Like I said, we are part of the Pacifica radio network here on the WCRS uh, platform. We've been doing it for like seven years now. I think we're allowed to say eight now. We're at eight. Probably. Roughly. Yeah. I don't remember when we started, but eight. We're eight years. We've been saying seven forever. I just updated it to seven. Uh, yeah, I took forever to say seven, so we probably are close to eight. I'll yeah, have to. I'll eight. get the real number. But I think it was 2011. Is that first show that's on the WCRS page? Nice. Okay. So Which you yeah. can find WCRSFM.org. Go to the program section. Click on Street Fight. There's like 400 episodes there. That's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of crap in there too. Yeah, I would. I would uh, stick with 2016 and later, but that's just me. Sure. Some uh, people want the whole experience. Uh, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host here is Brian Quimby. We're taking your calls tonight. Please don't call in because the, the lines are just jam-packed. It's 614-412-5252. Same number every single week. So next Sunday, if you want to call in, if we're doing a show. Well, I think we will be. I just, I'm considering going to wrestling. So uh, we might not be. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You're allowed to use a get out of personal time. call-in show. Yeah, you have PTO. I'm using my personal time to go see a wrestling show. Well, let's see who's on the phone lines. Let's, let's cut to the chase here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello. Howdy. To me? Yeah. It is. You're on. Hey, this is <laughs> my first time calling in. <laughs> uh, this is Nate from uh, Portland, Maine. How are things in Portland? Um, pretty, pretty iry? <laughs> This is good. I'm really tired. Um, oh, okay. You're just on, but, uh, yeah, you're just on like, <laughs> so you're just uh, like uh, slap happy then from sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was funny you guys brought up a good read before. I uh, was like, read's always been my uh, big, like my number one problematic fave, I guess. I love and, him. Uh, yeah. He's been my, I, so I missed a chance to go see him like 10 years ago, uh, when he was playing, he had a tour just playing Berlin live. Like playing the whole album. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then five or so years ago, I finally had tickets to go see him out in San Francisco because I was living out there. And. I think I shelled out like 80 bucks for a friggin' ticket and, uh, then he got sick and died like a month before the show and it was like the biggest, saddest fucking bummer. Yeah. yeah that that does suck. That does but, suck when that happens. I had the same thing with Sepultura. They broke up. I bought tickets to see Sepultura and then like fucking right before the concert, like two or three weeks before the concert, they were like, yeah, Sepultura broke up. And I was like, can't they just stay together to finish this damn concert? One more show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that happened with like uh, Lemmy for like a lot of people. Yeah. It happens. 
I got, I got to see my buddy Valentine out in San Francisco recently, though. So oh, that's cool. That was kind of a weird show to go to. Yeah, I don't know. It was literally just loud fuzz. You can't actually recognize any of the songs. It's just like a fucking so much loud, noise. like vibration, just like. <laughs> I mean, that's your that's. I mean, that's why you go live though, just for the feelings and the vibration of the whole thing. You yeah, know? <laughs> you don't go live oh, to yeah. hear the songs. Oh, yeah. I've heard all the songs a million no, times. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> fucking amazing. So what's going on tonight? But, uh, I was actually. Well, I was calling in part, well, I don't know, I got like a million things. I'm wobbly, I'm doing IWW stuff up here, so I wonder if there's anyone listening. But uh, I went down to New Orleans recently, recently, I just got back last night from New Orleans. Oh, wow, And That's I went to the National Harm Reduction Conference. Oh, yeah, it's just, okay. I'm so freaking tired. <laughs> okay. The National Harm Reduction Conference was tight. Um... This is my first time going to it. And I met some other Wobblies there. Shout out to uh, James from Twin Cities and Erica from uh, Missoula. And uh, That's very it's cool. It's cool as fuck. Like, I, I'm really trying to, like, integrate just the, like, crazy download of information and emotions from being at that and, like, try to integrate it into organizing in spaces that don't traditionally like nobody like really thinks about or knows about harm reduction yeah that's a rough one i i always i always wonder what we can do like i wish there was i wish there was more we could do in that sort of in in that field but they make like all of the things that you want to do for harm reduction end up being illegal you know i guess you can pass out narcan yeah which is yeah, but yeah. like you're. Well, I'm talking like let's get these people safer versions of the things that they're doing. You know. Hmm. Yeah, the- I went. I went to uh, <clears throat> a whole lot of cool like punk sessions. Basically, there's like called oh, what was it? One of them. There's people from Indiana, Iowa, Maricopa County, and in Louisiana. It was like a punks and uh, conservative politics with arm reduction. Oh, and very. So that was really pretty fitting for being in Maine. That's and, wild. Uh, there are conservative, yeah, har- oh, I guess, libertarian doing. types, right? Oh, and well, oh, and Maine. I mean, when you say conservative uh, harm reduction advocates, is that mostly libertarians or? Oh no, no. Oh, no, no, sorry. It's punks uh, against, like, uh, conservative <laughs> oh, punks. So, yeah. All I heard was conservative Living punks in... for harm reduction, and I was like, wow, oh, that's, no, no, that's no. quite a group. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> that has been a very different thing. <laughs> I don't know what that would look like. And nobody uh, wants to hang out with a conservative punk either. <laughs> like, oh, 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 I yeah, love I Ted Cruz. That, yeah. <laughs> that guy that makes yeah, those Ted Cruz posters. Like old ass punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Was there anything that they said there that 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 has you inspired to do like an action or anything that people could do, could maybe integrate into their organization? Uh, well, damn. I think that people mostly like, because I also do a lot of work with my local uh, worker center here too, and people are really good about 
integrate, like having it be just a really open and welcoming space and being, um, but nobody really talks about people that use drugs or sex workers or there's just like way more. I mean, like everybody fucking uses drugs too, which is a crazy thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, nobody, but people not like, it's still a line that people aren't willing to like, people don't, aren't comfortable talking about it. It's something um, that Brett openly. and I, it's something that Brett and I have talked a lot about it in the, since the beginning of the show. One of the things like when we started talking about what the politics of street fight would be when we were conceptualizing mm-hmm. it, it was one of the things being very, very open about drug use, because if you're going to yeah. do something like this, then you do, especially now that we're making our living doing this, you need to be open because not very many people can do that. It's very scary for people to be open. So yeah. that's one of the reasons we're so open yeah, with it, it on the show. Yeah. I know it comes off a lot of times like a bunch of jokes and a bunch of like edge Lord edgy shit, but for real, <laughs> It is just like people saying I do drugs, you know, I, I do them and I think people should be allowed to do them because so many years, like so many years, like harm reduction was never something that you thought about. You only thought about punishing people for that sort of thing. You know, even I being like an, like I'm, I was so like in the early years of like me kind of waking up to politics was like well meth still has to be illegal cocaine still has to be illegal you know (laughs) heroin still has to be illegal and it's like but what does that mean that means that just people go to jail for it that's not like a productive way to deal with any of this stuff yeah i mean i think that like a lot of people that have good politics are kind of already intuitively understand harm reduction they just don't necessarily have like the language surrounding it I that guess. makes sense they don't know there's a movement behind it either i i, I yeah. don't i think yeah. that it took me going to college and doing street fight to to find out about people advocating for harm reduction because harm reduction advocates never make it on tv never write editorials <laughs> in a newspaper they their their voices are never heard it's always right. punish 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 yeah, and they are, like, going out of their way. Like, they get arrested all the time, just trying to hand out naloxone and syringes and just, like, clean gear and stuff. It's, like, so, yeah, a lot of these guys that were working in conservative states, they're, like, create uh, parallel programs. One that does, like, uh the kind of more legalist stuff and then... Uh, you know, a nicer, friendlier, public-facing uh, organization that will talk to police and, you know, pretend like that, you know, have like a, some kind of like, a, you know, deniability or something, whatever, with the, the other organization. They're literally all the same people. They're just like, oh, no, there's just like, you know, this, this, these other people, we don't really know them. Just like, yeah, I, so I, especially it's like, I would like to see more people think I would like to see more people thinking about new ways of doing rehab too. I think like that's, that's Mm. a harm reduction thing like that, that I see, I've seen people talk about, but I, I, I think that like that needs to also become a more mainstream thing because the way that we do rehab now is the wrong way. Like we just, we do everything so wrong. Well, uh, the first time I actually played you guys for my, uh, my girlfriend, the fiance, was when you guys were talking about that, uh, 
the rehab place in Maine that was using Kratom and wheat. Yeah, yeah. Because I had already seen that article and was laughing about it because it cost like 20 grand for yeah. like a month or something. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wanted Kratom is a lot cheaper yeah. than that. Right. I, I think <laughs> part of it might be, though, and I, and I know I'm not trying to make excuses for this and how much it costs and everything, but I mean, there is a significant amount of liability when it comes to doing something like that. You sure. know, like, like mm-hmm. they, the state is going to be gunning for you in, in a thing like that. And like, you know, I have very progressive friends who, who say shit like, I don't want somebody to waste their life on drugs. And like, that is not a progressive way to think. That's not like a, that's not a stance. Like that's not a progressive stance. That's a conservative reactionary stance. But I've heard people say Mm -hmm. that. And and like, uh, it's such a hard thing. I, I, I don't think, I think that if you really are interested in helping people, you need to keep the price as close to free as you can, because people aren't going to pay to get treated the way that you got to treat somebody I mean, you don't have to treat somebody bad in rehab. You know, that one of the things I think about with rehab is like the guilt, like all the guilt, like that mm-hmm. it can't just be a program where it's like, it's this got out of hand. I need to do something about it. You know, it has to be a program that changes your entire life. You're, it, it you yeah. have to, you know, think of all the things you did before this program as a dark, bad period. And like, I think thinking like that, then hurts the recovery effort because you're like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, again, I've said this a hundred times on this show, like relapsing shouldn't be looked at as a total failure and a start over again. Oh, I have to start all the way over from the beginning. No. I, you know, I need to hand in all my chips. I didn't earn these things. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's a very 12 stepper. Thing. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, no, you did drugs today. Don't do them tomorrow. That's all you can. That's all you have to do. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, and it yeah. you don't do a good job when you when you tell people that like they're no good for nothing and they don't know you know they're they're they've hurt and wronged so many people and just you know make them remind themselves of that every single day. It doesn't really build them build them up to think mm-hmm. that they're going to change from that. You know, no, because they probably are still having the same intuitions inside themselves. You yeah, know? yeah, they're still thinking they want to be doing that. They're missing what they did. I know I did. Yeah, when I stepped into rehab, I. I missed taking pills every day and like, I felt bad about it. They, they spent so much time trying to make me feel bad about it. And I, I just kind of was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel guilty about this stuff. I didn't hurt anybody. You know, right. my family said that I didn't hurt them. Mm-hmm. My friends and family said nothing bad happened. This is the rehab that's telling me this. Right. And, uh, yeah. that was hard. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like a, probably in a minority of people who go in there and buy into the whole system and, and and it becomes harder and i think that hurts harm reduction efforts too because it becomes a thing Mm -hmm. where like now this stuff is illegal i'm gonna send the court's gonna send you to rehab and that's the kind of rehab you're gonna get like it just the saddest thing in the world to me is the conversation around drugs does not include people who use drugs right (laughs) yeah yeah that was uh, the uh, this really awesome guy from the Indiana Recovery Alliance was saying at the conference that uh, harm reduction is to him a form of a revolutionary love and thinking about it as that like yeah and so yeah like well, hold hey. that yeah it was like a lot of I'm so exhausted because of, like, <laughs> so much collective trauma just like in that 
space with literally thousands of people who just know everybody there just knows people that have been dying and stuff. I mean, everybody, I mean, everybody knows people who are struggling with these sorts of things. And when I say everybody, I, I really do think everybody knows people who have struggled with drugs and alcohol. You know, I started this show talking about my father-in-law and he's not immune to that stuff. He knows people who have had trouble with drugs and alcohol. You know, he drinks all the fucking time. And it's it's just like we're all out in this together and we all obviously like these things. Let's figure out a way to do them in a healthy way rather than just, you know, trying mm-hmm. to hide it in right. a prison. Yeah. Well, hey, but anyway, I won't take up too much more time being dreary. <laughs> well, thank you but, uh, for thank you for calling. I, I I didn't even know about this conference. I was maybe if you're looking oh, at man, going to the next one. Go. Yeah, if you're looking to go yeah. to the next one, maybe DM or or send an email to the Street Fight account. I think Brett and I would love to go down and see something like that. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, it moves around different parts of the country and happens every two years. Okay. Um, but I'm definitely going to be going to the next one because this one was insane. It's so amazing. Well, awesome. It's cool. great. Uh, you're doing good. It's good that you're yeah. doing that. I, I mean, I, I the Wobblies are the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and if anyone wants to check out Maine Access Point, that's a great organization in Maine that uh, is distributing naloxone throughout our conservative state, our rural-ass conservative state. You guys got and, the monstrous uh, governor. The monstrous governor <laughs> there in Maine. Yeesh. Yeah. Oof. I hate that guy. LePage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I, I hate don't him. know. There's no words. To it. It's just, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling uh, in, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, their governor well, is the one. That's cheap. I'm sorry. Say, what was it? I was going to plug myself. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm at uh, Cheap Soup. Oh, great name. Yeah, thanks for calling in. That Their governor cool. is the one that said that Mexicans are coming up there and feeding white people heroin. Oh, God. Like, he actually said those, like pretty much those exact words, that brown people are coming up from New York and giving white white people heroin. That's the governor of Maine that said that. Yeah, that sounds like a, he needs a boot in the ass. <laughs> yeah, a Toby Keith-style one. Yeah, talking about things that were originally street fight too when we started the show our big platform was politicians should be uncomfortable for the, the shit that they do in yeah. the government yeah if we we know what they did and they shouldn't be have a comfortable meal out if they're cutting my family's health insurance yes or people that i know's health insurance yes well, yeah, the the drugs what, thing too. A million other issues. The drugs thing too is if if you can be open about your use, do it. You know, like I know it's hard, and I know that you're not supposed to. And but if you're out there and you're you're doing something where you can be open about it, it's important to be open about it. It's important to talk about it and be out there with it because, like, if we all have to live in shame. You know, because there's hundreds of there's thousands and thousands and probably a million people that can't talk about this thing. So if you're one of the few people with the privilege to be able to talk about this thing, then you need to speak for those people that can't talk about this thing. Sure. You know, that's how I feel about it is like nobody's going to fire me from my job for saying I do drugs. So I have a responsibility to say that I do drugs yeah. on the radio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they aren't as wild. 
as uh, the news makes him out to be. Well, it's not even the, about like even it's not even like about saying things like that. Almost to me, it's all it's just about saying like I use them and like what do you think of me? Do you think I'm an out of control person? Do you think I'm a bad person? Do you think? You know, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm mentally weird, but like, I'm not like, I, I'm not out there causing, I'm not robbing people. Sure, shit, sure, sure. You know, yes. It's not a, it's not, that's not the timeline of people who use drugs. That's not the, the ultimate timeline of everybody is death. But they make it sound like the only people that are on an ultimate timeline for death are people that use drugs. Right, you right. Know? That's true. Well, you're going to die. Well, no shit. So are you. Right. Cheeseburgers over there. <laughs> Bacon on everything. Yeah. Bacon pajamas. Ugh. Okay. Let's get to that. I watched Epic Meal Time this week. Ooh. First time. Yow. Not good. Not good. Thanks show. for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? What's up, Caleb? Where are you calling from? Like a inside of a toilet paper roll? <laughs> no, I am calling from actual federal government property and smoking weed on it all day. <laughs> nice. It's that you're really like muffled. I don't know if you have like the phone on speaker or something, but you sound really muffled. I wasn't trying to make fun of you, Caleb. All right, all right, let me work on this here. Okay, okay. Is this any better? Oh, my is God, this, this is wonderful. Yeah, that's much better. Okay, what's going on tonight, Caleb? All right, cool. I turn on my turn off my Bluetooth. Oh, I, 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 um, not too much. We, uh, so on our rap, on our, let me gather my thoughts here. Um, <laughs> how are the Raptors doing? So on our doing? migration hawk count. Yeah, exactly. How are them rappers doing? They are, they're doing pretty good, actually. So, the point of doing the thing that I'm doing, which is standing in the same place every single day, six days a week, for like nine hours a day, trying to assess like the overall, like, well, this year we counted 700 whatever, whatever red-tailed hawks, whereas last year we only counted like 380. So it's like, hey, they, at least more of them visited us this year, which means, you know, there, there's more red tails this year than there were last year. So out there bumping uglies, them birds out there bumping uglies, right? Yeah. 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 Nice. yeah they happen. They happen bumping uglies. Like nice. whenever people talk about like how bad the bugs are and stuff, I'm thinking it's like, well, I hope the, the, the little birdies are, you know, they're, they're, they're bumping the uglies and they are, able to feed all of the bugs bumped uglies to their chicks. Right. Yeah. So it's an ecosystem. But you know So the birds are yeah, doing exactly. good. Ecosystem. Caleb, yeah, like yeah. I'm really glad you called in because I have a question for you and I think Brett I don't know if Brett was the person I was arguing with this about, but can I ask you something, bird expert? Yeah. Are bats yeah, birds? Yeah. You weren't the one arguing bats with are me not about birds. The, no, they're basically birds, <laughs> no, they're, right though. They fly. No, they're like little puppies. They're the only flying mammal. They're puppies with wings. Yeah. Okay. I was yelling at somebody yep. that bats were birds last week, and I don't know who it was. It might have been Brett, but they're pretty much birds. Same <laughs> same ideas. Birds. They they're pretty much birds. Brett would. I don't. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Brett wouldn't argue with me about no, something I like wouldn't. that. He'd be like, Nah, they just birds. You put him in a bird <laughs> bin. It's fine. <laughs> If I was naming the animals, the bats would be birds. Well, I saw a shitload. Oh, but you know what the bats do? They have their little baby bats that hang underneath them. They don't have eggs and shit. They don't have eggs. 
Yeah, so Shit, that's yeah. cute. I know. I love they're mammals. Bats. They're adorable. Yeah. Now, if I if I'm in Ohio, right? And I see a shitload of birds. Does that mean it's like a whole crew of birds flying down south? Yeah, yeah. This time of year, especially. Yeah. Uh, Ohio, it, it's interesting you know, when you like learn more about like how birds are always like they pretty much they, they're all migrating south right now. The birds that started their migration early are probably arriving at their, their wintering grounds right now or, you know, they're they're winter birds, you know. They're 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 midwestern old white midwestern farmers. They're snowbirds. They right. go south for the winter. Right. Do they and go to the same places every year? Do they come up to Ohio to the same yeah. place and go down south to the same place every year? Yeah, pretty much. Damn. Like especially with the little songbirds. Um, there's this thing that we're figuring out how to conserve bird habitat by we basically get like a little GPS transmitter that sends that will basically send your computer like the coordinates of the of like the location of the computer chip and you put it on a bird's back and you just let it go and see where the computer chip goes and it yeah it shows birds going across the it shows them going across the Gulf of Mexico basically a hop jump and a skip from like the Mexican like the Mexican Peninsula all the way up to Florida through the islands. So Holy moly. That's crazy incredible. The way they all... that's, that's why we're so jealous yeah. of them, man. They're living the life. They are. They are. I, I mean, it's just incredible to think that they get in the same groups every year and go to the same places every year. And so we do just I. Look I mean, at, I do that too. Right. Yeah. But we, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say we, because it's just me. Well, I think of them as dumb shits that are just like, man, just fly where until I feel warm and then I'm there. You know, <laughs> that's basically what they do, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like intuition. Yeah, that's cool. I yeah. saw a huge amount of birds. I got shit on by one last week. A huge amount of birds were flying around. Oh. And I was like, oh, look, the, look at the majesty of these birds. And one of them shit on me. I've been shit on by birds twice this year. Yeah, I uh, when I, when oh, I moved like, to Dallas, probably starlings. When I was in Dallas, you would know when the winter happened, all these birds would show up out of nowhere and you couldn't park outside under a tree or you would get to demolished. <laughs> Fucking birds, man. <laughs> Such a pain in the balls, these birds. They only have one hole, you know. Yeah, we know. Disgusting. Do they stick their penis into a penis? Is that what happens? It's a... Uh, so, yeah, like, different birds do it differently. Like, ducks are horrible. Male ducks have like coil dicks and they're like, they're, they, they kind of rape to, it, it's, it's, it's pretty fucked up if it's you were to like look into how male ducks reproduce. Right. But yeah, like, it's called the cloaca and it, you yeah, stick it's, a it's cloaca into a cloaca. You just stick them, like, that's how it works. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Well, okay. male birds do have, yeah, they've got, They've got kind of like what pigs have going on. Yeah, I've seen the corkscrew duck dick apparatus. Mm. Yeah, yep. It's one of my early internet searches. You did? You looked up bird dicks first? Yeah, we looked up animal dicks. Yeah, I mean, me too. I, I'm always curious about how animals have sex. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I'm, I, I'm, I'm, uh, vehemently anti-sex, but I love knowing how things have sex. And then we also found like these gigantic, like tiger penis bones. Like you, on eBay, I found penis bones on eBay that were like super expensive. They grind them like, up. 
how big are these fucking dicks? Yeah, they grind those fucking things oh up, dude. <laughs> and they eat them to get, like, bonus. Yeah, energy and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with rhinos. <laughs> rhinos got fucking mad dick energy in them if you just grind them up a little bit. Yeah, it's a high cost, though. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it, yeah, it we, depends we, on we what you value. We need the rhinos more than we need erections. <laughs> depends on what you value in this world, well, I guess. Ri- rhino is the ultimate, one of the ultimate erection uh, metaphors. One so you're one of my favorites. Your birds are doing good, and uh, yeah, yeah. Are they last year? Are they hunting? Uh, do do your birds hunt? So it's there's um the 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 cool part about the job is that you can you can go birding as a hobby. You anyone who's anyone can pick up a notebook, go to the city park, and be like who's hanging out and you write it down or you put it down on your little phone app or whatever. But the nature of the job is catch counting raptors in migration. So basically we're sitting we're sitting on a spot that's geographically specifically located. It's at the South end of a ridge so that the wind acts like a funnel and it pushes all the raptors that are to the North of where we are South. So we sit there and we're looking around with our binoculars and stuff, and then we'll see a little black speck far out to the north, and it, it starts doing bird stuff, and it gets closer, and then as the bird's coming closer to where we're standing, we have to figure out what it is and, like, how old it is. Um, can we sex it? Can we do all this other sex kind of it. stuff? So you basically... Yeah, so some birds are sexually dimorphic, and some are not. some are not. So, like... If you ever look up what an American kestrel is, the, the, the male American kestrels are blue and orange, and the female American kestrels are only orange. And the other really cool part, and I'm not sure if this necessarily translates into every other family of bird. I don't think it does, but raptors in particular, the females are larger than the males. Okay. And so when we're trapping... When we're trapping and we got a little bird flying around trying to get one of our pigeons or our starlings, it hits a net and you run out there to grab and you extract the bird out of the net. And while you're holding it, you usually can figure out, oh, this is a female sharpshin hawk as opposed to a male sharpshin hawk because the males are like smaller than the size of your fist where the females are like the size of your fist. It's, it's pretty cool. Nice. So you're, you're catching them too? Like on purpose? Yeah, yeah. So, right, right. So the way it works, and like an angry ass motherfucking have, bird, like you just go up and snatch it out of a net. Yeah, and the idea is to like coerce them into flying into a net while it's trying to kill one of your lure birds that you have strategically placed. <laughs> In your trapping arena, it's wow. it, it's pretty cool. I, we when we travel out there, yeah. we should go catch some raptors with yeah. Caleb. <laughs> I mean, you go out there just chasing raptors Raptor around hunting. like maniacs. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's pretty sick. Unfortunately, we're only going to be here till the end of the month oh, because dang. the migration. Yeah, because the migration ends and it starts to snow. And it's just, it's really, it gets really difficult being up where we are once winter gets here, basically, which mm. it does at high elevation in November. So, yeah. Out west. 
Well, Caleb, thanks for calling. We got a shitload of callers, so but it's always yeah, good yeah, to hear yeah. about the birds, buddy. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Bats are not birds. You heard it here first on Street Fight Radio. Another bumper sticker. Yeah, bats are not birds. <laughs> Put True that in a science right, book. Peace. Put that in a science book. Yeah, let kids know. Page one. That's something that's easy to remember <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And they're into it. It's a good fact. Early yeah. on fact. They've already, they're watching like baby bat Instagram videos. So I love bats. They're great. Cutest they're little buddies. So snuggly. Yeah. And adorable cute. Yeah. They look like little, like you said, little puppy dogs with wings. Right. Just the cutest little like, buddies. Yeah. And they have little like fuzzy, like peach fuzz bellies. Yeah. yeah. You know, real soft, like thin skin, like yeah. a puppy belly. They got gremlin vibes to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, they are the same way I think grim- gremlins are cute. I think bats are <laughs> yes, cute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of them have those real wonky noses too. Yeah, They're yeah, just like some, a pug. Yeah, yeah. Some of them look like like old men. Yeah, you look at their face, like yep. damn. Okay, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> All right, let's uh, <laughs> see who's on the line here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey guys, it's Weed Waffles. Hey, what's Weed up, Waffles? Weed Waffles? How's it going tonight? And good. Uh, I want to start this off with a very simple question. Um, does Dick Wolf count as a class traitor because of him making like decades of like pro cop propaganda? Ah, man. I, I mean, he's got a cool name is my, my opinion on Dick Wolf. That's not enough. No, I think law and order sucks. Yeah, I'll, I'll be with you on that. He is a class tra- Well, I don't know if he's a class trader because I don't know where he was, you know, where he was born. Like, but where was he? I where did New he York start? Or something like that. I mean, I'm saying, like, though, if he was, like, born to a rich family, then he's just being a class normal. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Google exists. We'll all figure it out eventually. Yeah, he's he, a bad boy. He should be taken out for it. Yeah, him. I don't like Dick Wolf, okay? <laughs> or Speedweed. Who's the uh, Speedweed? Yeah, that's, that's what... Names of like who the fuck yeah I'm like you know what don't think about it too long you will literally drive yourself insane yeah someone Which, on a, this all leads, I heard hmm? someone on a podcast say that Speedweed actually carries around a card that says it on it and like gives it to you if you meet him he's <laughs> like a that. real obnoxious asshole I believe that I'd slant I mean that's allegedly on a podcast I think I heard also uh, one quick point I want to make if you literally want to see a movie that will live out like at least. Uh, power fantasy you have against people like Donald Trump Jr. Uh, may I suggest the 2000 sequel to Shaft? Okay, really? Shaft Part Two. I'll check it out. What the hell? Yeah, I'm, I didn't like give it a shot because literally how it ends is like, oh, thank God. Which lead, which I'll get to point number three. Um, I recently deleted Facebook because the thing you quickly learn about Facebook is how do I put this? Facebook is one of the, it's probably the only social media site that's in present existence to this day that can't help but breed the worst type of people politics wise. And for me, the worst type of people politics wise that exist currently, in my opinion, are black conservatives. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can understand that being really fucking annoying. I, I think it's all conservatives, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> No, here's the reason why I single out black conservatives. It's not just because I'm black. The reason I hate them particularly is how do I put this? The the first part is basically you look at them and we all make the jokes about ha 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 bootlicker this and that and this and that. 
you look at these kinds of guys, well, guys and girls, and you quickly realize that they don't just lick the boot. They just literally just do some, like, insert porn star name here shit to the boot. And it's fucking pathetic because it's like the kinds of people who will, like, literally defend. Okay, small example. One guy I knew from college who I do not talk to anymore, who was like a humongous black conservative. Uh, he's a ra- he was raised a Mooney. That should tell you where he, what about, what about. Oh, him. I know them. I know them. Okay. Yeah, he's a black dude who was raised as a fucking Mooney. And he has, he, he literally defended the cops killing Tamir Rice. Oof. Because, no, no, I'm not even bullshit. He literally tried to defend, and the sum up of his argument quite literally was he he tried to use the whole argument well, nobody say anything about all the black people in chicago killing each other and i literally left a comment under him saying like motherfucker this happened in like ohio that's like a state that's like two states over from where the fuck this exists at yeah it's not yeah. relevant in cleveland right yeah like, it happened in cleveland it's not the same well and we have open carry in ohio too like that's exactly and the thing they never carry. bring up yeah they never bring up the open carry in ohio when we when we talk about things like this like you you should be able to just have a gun and not get shot it, they they should have to do something before they kill you Exactly. And I told him this and he's like, well, maybe if black people learn to get their communities together, maybe when I was like, you know what? Shut up. And then what you quickly realize about them that makes you hate them at their core. And I know this because I used to be one of these guys. Uh, I look at them and I realize, oh, it finally makes sense why so many, at least black male conservatives have such a deep love for the police, which is basically they love the police because and it's the most MRA-ish bullshit you will ever hear because I've they've pretty much said it to me when I've tried to discuss this with them. You talk to them long enough, you'll figure out the core of their end game eventually. Their logic is, well, all the black girls are like thugs and assholes, but if I was a cop, I'd be putting them away all the time and they would finally like me because they could see the error of the ways of the guys. Like, and you, that's pretty much their logic oh, wow. at the core. They won't say it out loud, but you listen to them long enough, eventually they'll get to it. Especially when you bring up the whole thing of like single moms in the black community. It's just like, oh my God. Who hurt yeah. you? Who, who who's the who's the random girl you had a thing for in like high school or like college that like yeah. that like told you I just want to be friends and went and got with a guy who's like you know by all intents and purposes he kind of looks stupid or maybe is a terrible person but she doesn't want you and now you've got this like huge grudge to where now you're defending uh evil motherfuckers like Daniel Holtzclaw which literally I watched him defend on Facebook before I eventually just said fuck it I'm deleting all the shit because all Facebook does is give like just they give so much land to these kinds of men to just say whatever they want and all these conservative white people, especially in the Midwest, love these motherfuckers. They treat them like like little gods. And the and the sad part is you watch them go over and over and over again these same talking points and the thing you notice that eventually gets them losing favor is is quite literally, you have to start offending, like, you know, conservative white people's, like, main sacred cows. Yeah, I mean, well, like, and, and the thing about it, like, a lot of times, 
like <laughs> I don't I don't see a lot of black conservatives talking about much more than cop shootings and I think that's because the 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 organizations that hire them to talk about stuff hire them just to talk about that sort of thing because they feel like they can't be the ones to say it in polite society and that that's the frustrating thing where it's like it's they i'm sure they have other ideas i'm sure they have other things they want to talk about and they get like like pushed into this corner to talk about this stuff that like you know is is really just them sort of like uh attacking i guess attacking a a community that that they should be a part of they sh- black conservatives should be a part of the conversation in the black community you know but oh, a, a lot of times thing, when you are. see them they're they're talking about police shootings and shit like that because that's that's the thing that TPUSA needs them to talk about you know that's but that's the thing the reason why a lot of black conservatives get edged out so quickly in the black community isn't it me because we're a you know, an inherently liberal community. If anything, a lot of the politics of the African American community, for what it's worth, tends to lean more towards conservative, but that's more because of like bullshit like religion and, you know, <laughs> whatever outdated. I basically a lot of the, if you look at a lot of the big name black conservatives in the black, in the art community, they're usually the types of people that romanticize shit like the, 40s and 50s, when like apparently we were, you know, quote unquote stable because we had factory jobs. Also, never mind the fact that like Jim Crow was fucking up, you know, us and like our poor family members' lives. That's know? a working class thing, though, too, because the working class generally, I think, trends more conservative in certain in certain places, but it's not places that are killing people. You know, like so, like even when you say like that 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 you know, there's conservative streaks in, in like black politics. I would say there's conservative streaks in, in like white working class politics. But I also believe that like they, I, I also believe that like they do just kind of want that opportunity to, to, they want the opportunity to do the 40 hour work week and go home and be secure and have, you know, all the money that those factories supposedly provide it you know because i i have actually i I have actually read i i've read some of the things you're talking about with like uh the the place that i've read about in college was south central los angeles used to be like a thriving suburb like a thriving middle class place that when they closed all the factories and shit it just nobody was there to take care of it and that happens in youngstown i mean it happens everywhere it's it's a detroit yeah detroit uh, yeah, that happens all the time. And the thing is, you the reason why black conservatives nowadays are losing more favor is that it's not necessarily the economic things that lose people, although there are a few things where you listen like like one thing is you always hear them all the time and you tell black people, learn to code, learn to code, but you're like you do realize what you're telling them to do is literally like learn how to like type in inputs all the time into a computer and stare at a screen for several hours right. and get paid slightly better. And it's like, how is that exactly better? I mean, at least with factory work, you got some like level of like physical activity into it. But you know, yeah. the thing is, the other thing I was going to say though, is that you, you were kind of right in the, in that, like the, one of the tenets of conservatism is that you've been deeply hurt or not cared about or left behind 
in some way and you found some sort of success out of it and you now feel that everybody else should have a hard fucking time and there shouldn't, you know, like that people should be striving despite their circumstances, you know? So there's a lot of that kind of, I feel like there's a lot of that that I get from my family members that also translates to, you know, just the ideology in general, like you said, like who hurt you? If, you know, if it's you blame it on a woman, blame it on like a dad, blame it on whoever it is, you know, whoever it is. It's just like, they just really are. So just seem like such internally angry people, you know, or like self-hating people in a way. Yeah. The thing is you quickly look at like the political makeup of a lot of black families. There's always the like older conservative black family members, but the reason they lose so much in touch with a lot of the family, a lot of the younger family members, especially when you get to the ones that are, that are like in their early thirties, late twenties and stuff like that is because they have this weird sort of moral compass that like, I, I'm trying to put, they have like, I know the perfect word. It's Calvinist. It's fucking Calvinist. It's this sort of weird Calvinist bullshit idea, especially when it comes to sex. Because in every black family, they always talk, oh, what about your ghetto family members who were popping out six or seven other kids? Like, well, maybe we could have, like, taught them to not constantly fuck with dudes that are like this if we as a community had, like... You have to always get your club shot up. Yeah, like, if we taught them, A, contraception, and B, you know, to not romanticize men who are, like, legit terrible people, and C, teach the men not to do that, I'd probably put C before B, but all the, all the same time I would agree to. But the thing is, you would probably not have those people if you guys didn't, like, have all this, like, weirdly romanticized, uh, toxic behavior from your generation that carried over to us and then we all grew up with this weird sort of existential crisis because now we all live in a culture where all the shit like our fathers and our uncles and all these different things taught us doesn't really help us socially or professionally or in any other way and it's why so much of our community is just so bad and it does need and we do need to fix it but the first step to fixing any problem is identifying there is a problem and one of the reasons they have such a problem with identifying it is because one of the reasons they don't want to identify there's all these different problems is you have to admit that yeah a lot of the shit we all grew up knowing was on some level or completely wrong right yeah it's don't want to swallow the pride uh yeah i i mean i've i've I listened to like this super like liberal uh, black podcast for a while and they were pretty much conservative to me. Like they were very much toe the line of normalcy and, you know, uh, going along and not wanting to rock the boat. And, you know, there that's it's just as much a part of, you know, that community as it is, you know, with what we're dealing with. Yeah. It's yeah, all like this. Like this- yeah, like there's this whole thing in the black community of like, you know, we don't want a wife, no hoes and all this other shit. I'm like, so basically you're all telling me every man in this room is only going to fuck with a woman who has fucked literally nobody else, which is actually a very extremely small number. Sure. It's of, It's like, and they're all like, and I look at all of them, I'm like, why is that the main thing y'all want? Like, and you just realize it's because we have this weird mentality of, you know, 
That's Puritan stuff too. I think that's also because that's, I mean, that's in all communities that Puritan streak where women aren't allowed to do the things that men are allowed to do. You know, like if a woman does things men does, that's bad. And it's like, hmm. I don't know. No. I mean, she's a good time. Yeah, she's the pure, cool. yeah, the cool. Puritan is pretty cool. <laughs> like the Puritan shit is bullshit because I looked around at some of my family members, and some of them tried to say that with some of the girls, the young girls in our family. I'm like, like you know, one, she's like a kid, so you know, yeah. you don't really need to like do this kind of stuff and put these ideas in her head. People get and worried. Two, it's so early it's when they so have girls. Bad, yeah. I have a daughter, and Brad has a daughter, and when people have daughters, for some it's reason, queasy, man. they will throw some gross shit on you as soon as you have a kid. You're like, God damn, man, we're not thinking about that yet, okay? Right. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I look at them, and I'm like, one, she's a kid, just, you know, explain this stuff to her in a reasonable manner, and you don't have to, like, put all these, like, pre- I preset ideas on her and two and i tell them all the time may i remind you that the matriarch of our family uh my great grandmother who died a year ago uh had nine kids in total yep all different fathers well they had sex that means that person i mean i hate to say your grandma had sex but your grandma had sex man (laughs) <laughs> so, it was my great it was my great grandmother and yeah. I've come to terms with it because <laughs> I've seen pictures of all of my great aunts and uncles including and my grandmother and I realized okay so she had a lot of kids she had a lot of sex yeah, it's, really- just, it's dude it's the same man the people the sa- the same conservative people that we know they're all about family values loot lost custody of their kids you know their kids can't you know keep keep their shit together they're getting their kids taken away um, there's so much dysfunctionality happening from these folks that are just like claim to be like follow the way of the Bible and live like a wholesome lifestyle. And it's, it's a complete fucking mess. And they're just screaming at everybody that it's fine, you know, that everything is perfect how it is, you know, or like we need to keep, we need to keep things the way they are. Like I tell people all the time, if you want to understand how diverse a family can be in terms of like complete morality, in terms of but in some ways be somewhat similar and how fucked up they are collectively, I tell people a simple fact of things. Jimmy Swaggart is first cousins with Jerry Lee Lewis. Look at their lives. They're both going two different directions, but they're equally crazy. Yeah, and they're both they're I mean, if there was yeah, they're both bad dudes. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, we, like Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis, I didn't know he was still alive. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Weed waffles, we got to get going, man. We got to, we got the queue here. But thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. All right, be easy. Call us, call us back, man. We love you. All right, later, man. Drop that call. We got to get these last ones. How much time we got? We're speed getting there. round, speed round, We got, we got some calls to take. We're gonna get them all in. I think we can get them all in. Let's see what we got. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. Hello? Who are we talking to? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm a first time caller. Uh, you can call me Agnes. What's up, Agnes? How are you doing this evening? I'm all right. I'm. Uh, it's a really shitty day to be a trans person. Yes, I I actually saw that story when I got up today. It's it's that's a uh, can can I I hate to put it on you, but can you kind of explain what's going on to the listeners? Uh, yeah, totally. It's a. Uh, I mean, from what I understand, it's they're basically there's a memo that was announced um, from people who you know nobody who's in an elected position, so it's nobody we can vote out. Of course not. Uh, basically, to to roll back every 
federal recognition of trans people, period. Like, every piece of language. Yeah. And, and it said basically to yeah, re- reset to whatever your your birth certificate was your gender forever now. Yeah, and they mentioned, like, genetic testing, too. Right. Just to, like, like verification in court and whatnot. Jesus Wowzers. Christ. For what? They, 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 is there reasons in this? Do they give even not, shitty reasons? It's not causing a problem, bro. Like it's not an issue. That's you worrying about that. <laughs> yeah. That's not anybody else. That's you worrying about that. Yeah. When I'm talking about, like, Trump people, the people that are, like, mad about it. It's like nobody else cares. It's just you. You're the one that's mad about it, and you're nobody. You know? <laughs> Yeah, oh, I mean, people. Sucks. I mean, the, people talk about bathrooms. People talk about like prison. Um, as far as like the hysteria, that's like the only kind of reasons I see from. Yeah, you know, from people no. who aren't upset. Right, but and at the same time, though, I mean, we didn't really have. There was no incidents. There was no bathroom incidents to really base any this fear. It was just drummed up by like oh, no. you know whisper campaign basically amongst you know the quiverfuls yeah, and, the, and the empty brained. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, uh, and and it's always these unelected people. It's always these people we can't do anything about that are able to do anything they want, except for when we want something them to do something good. They can't do that. Oh, we can't pull that off. Of course not. You know, I talked about fighting with my father-in-law. I said, "This Don- why is Donald Trump anti-weed? He's the one that's making it illegal. And he said, no, he's not. He wants it to be illegal. I said, why doesn't he do it then? He can deschedule marijuana. That's a power. That's within his power. He could do it. And he just went, with all the Democrats. <laughs> just yeah. like, okay, well, I'm just letting you know that like that's an actual thing within his purview. And he does these horrible things. And, and people, th- this is a cynic ploy to get people talking about this in the run-up to the midterms to energize the people who would go vote for somebody right who would be against like transgendered people's rights yes you know that's what oh, this yeah, absolutely. is yeah this is like showing their hand a little bit and you know saying like we still have this hatred you know we're this is the real this is the enemy this is our enemy it's oh it's 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 awful I wonder. Yeah, I can't see. Yeah, the the only. I mean, I've gotten a lot of like encouragement just from like people reaching out, people saying like donate to these organizations. I've seen a lot of like mobilization and protests and whatnot. But the only possibility I see for like stopping this thing is like, I don't. know, It's like like literally just like occupying offices and stuff. Yeah, like, you know, people didn't vote AIDS into getting treated. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be have to be an act out situation again. It's going to have to be a big response and. I mean, I, I think, I hope that we can do it. There's a lot of people talking the talk saying that they are trans allies. This is a time that you, to show up for a big action. Um, and I, I mean, I just, this is one of those things where the people that are doing this stuff do not interact with any trans person in their life. No. They have nothing to do oh, with, no. they have no correlation or understanding of who's being affected by this and what it means. And how harmful and fucking mean it is. And, or if, and like you said, you told, like you told your father-in-law, you voted for Donald Trump so that he would do mean shit to people that you see on the TV or that you make up in your mind on your Facebook that you want to, you want to see punished or harmed. Yeah. He's a bully. For yeah. Him. And the, 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 you know, unspoken like end of that phrase is always so that they kill themselves. Yeah. That's where it heads. That's where it goes. That's exactly what it does. The more you put these, the more you make this, this harder. 
the more people die from it. And and again, that's what yeah. you're doing. You're just singling people out and making their lives harder. And is there? I mean, there's just this. There's the gender doesn't is not even that important. Like you can, it's just working and existing in a society with people. It does. It's paper. It's fucking paperwork. It really it's is. All, it's paperwork is all it is. It really is. And we used to have it's to just, make this argument every time we talked about gay marriage for a, for a nut forever. It, oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck what you think. How about that? Like, we don't care what you think. What you think means nothing to me. And it means it should mean nothing to the world. Your opinion means nothing about the way that I live my life. I don't care. Let me just live my life. Like, these people, they, they run around and they quote the Constitution and they quote the Bible and shit like that. They quote the Declaration of Independence. They have no interest in any of that shit. That all men are created equal. Uh, the, I actually had that conversation yesterday. You know, all men are created equal. Well, but he had slaves. Oh, but they, he thought black people were livestock back then. And I'm like, well, that makes him a bad person. That's like an immoral yeah. way. To black people didn't think they were livestock. Oh, yeah. Or the li- <laughs> life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like, you're not letting somebody pursue happiness if you tell them they can't be who they are. You know, and I'm not the one that quotes this shit. This isn't me. I don't believe in any of that shit. <laughs> right, I think right. it's all lies. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, it's a sham. Yeah, it's a fucking big pyramid scam. But like they say they do. They don't believe anything. They don't fucking believe in anything. You know what I mean? And it, that's the disgusting thing. If you start taking their beliefs apart, it's that they don't believe in anything. They believe in winning. And they think that they can win if they single out people and make their lives worse. Yeah, through hatred. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this isn't doing anything. So, yeah. This so, isn't doing anything for, this isn't doing anything for the Republicans. Is this like fucking saving taxpayer money or something? Like what? This isn't doing anything, you know? Yeah. So, so what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, a lot of my thoughts are just like, just cause, you know, the circles on my social media are all like pretty like liberal and lefty. So I don't encounter a lot of, uh, outright hate as far as like just the people I know. But, um, a lot of my disappointment is just in kind of, uh, you know, I mean, I think about the way that we sort of like frame sort of like standing up for trans people as like, especially for kids, you know, who are like, you know, like 40% of homeless kids are queer. Um, and, but people talk about it being like anti-bullying and like pro-mental health and they'll like, you know, it's the same thing as like mental health. They will, they'll like post like the trans suicide hotline. Right. Um, but not do but anything just, to know, re- like standing up for, they, oh, yeah. yeah, standing up for trans kids is not going to be about, uh, preventing bullying. It's also about like having support systems for like food and housing instability. Right. People are getting kicked out of their homes. Yeah, it's a, it's um, oftentimes about saying like, what can I do, like right now in my living room on my phone, scrolling through my phone. Oh, well, I can make this phone, I can post this thing, but there do need, there does need to be, and it seems like it's going to have to be sort of an underground system of help because they're not like doing anything. They're the the state. I mean, the hope is, I guess. And, and this isn't like a strong hope because most states aren't going to do anything about it either. But that some of these, some of the, some of the states will still recognize it. But, you know, there are so many people in places that can't do anything about their situation. And like, 
I, I just hope if there's a protest march in your city, if there's something going on, please go to this thing and please keep showing up to things. It's not just a one and done thing. It's not, oh, I showed up to the protest. <laughs> you know, that's all that's done. Yeah. Oh, and I do, I do think that people are realizing in this moment just like the limitations of like trans visibility and like media figures and like putting trans people on magazines like does not stop state violence. Well, they right. don't do it nearly it's, enough. It's great for awareness. They don't like, like, they don't do it nearly enough anyway. Like you don't, there are not a lot oh, of yeah, trans totally. spokespeople out there anyway, you know? But I mean, there's this weird dynamic where it's like, it, it's like people congratulate themselves for staring at a trans person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, oh my gosh. Um, I'm celebrating so thing, this person. Before I forget, um, I want to, I'm like an art world person and I wanted to say to the guy who called earlier, um, to, to like the sculpture guy, yeah, or the sorry the uh, the gallery guy to check out um the art and labor podcast people. They're in New York and they're uh, art worker organizers and they have a great podcast where they talk about uh, labor in the art world. Nice, that sounds perfect. Nice, that sounds like some Brett stuff right yeah, there. Solve art the problem. And, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I think like what are what are maybe some things? What nothing. Sorry. What are maybe some things that you can uh. What are maybe some things that, that, that we can do? Like, what, what would you suggest somebody who's just like an ally? Like, what could me and Brett do? Well, not me and Brett specifically, but people like me and Brett. Like, me <laughs> and Brett, many, I'm not saying I'm not going to help, but people, I'm not saying what can people with podcasts with a ton of listeners do. I'm saying, like, what can, what can my wife do? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, A, like, give your money directly to trans people. There's a lot of, like, GoFundMes and stuff like that. Um, uh, I mean, put your body on the line, like occupy offices if you can, if you're like arrestable and stuff like that. Um, but also, I mean, there's a, like trans lifeline is like a trans suicide hotline or just like advice hotline or whatever. They, um, they also have like a a program where they need like cis ally volunteers for a hotline that's directed specifically towards families of trans people. Um, okay, that's actually had a kid that just came out who might be like in a really sensitive place and needing to hear the right thing so they don't like kick their kid out okay okay yeah i i mean i'd be uh-huh. willing to do something like that actually yeah i think they ask for like an hour or two a week okay i'll uh-huh. look into that for myself because i i mean yeah. i won't was- do my regular speech was nobody gives a shit what you think i'll actually like <laughs> <laughs> i'll be nice about telling them nobody should give a shit what you think yeah, and it's for the people who, you know, can hear, who have the kind of patience to hear, like, some really potentially, like, terrifying things that they might say or are working through that, you know, the average trans volunteer would be like, shit, I do not want to hear this right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and, it- um, you know, actually, actually, out, like, you know, out the magazine, they had a super solid article that was, like, seven actionable steps, which was, like, <laughs> kind of crazy. Oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah, um, also, and actually in Columbus, though, there is the Clintonville Community Resource Center. I know that they do a lot of stuff. So if you're in, if you're in town, I would check that out just from the mention it because we're on WCRS right now, but, uh, they they have a lot of information. They do a lot of, uh, disaster stuff. They put on fundraisers. They do the whole, the whole thing, give people food. So, uh, yeah, and they do all great work. So I think I'm going to go check that one out. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I awesome. feel like I, I, I do feel like I should do something here instead of just being like, hey, here's representation on my podcast. You know what I mean? 
But I, I appreciate you calling in. And if there's anything, you know, you can DM us if you have any information you want to get out there or anything. And we'll, we'll try to get it out there for you. And we care. Just know that like we, we like, I, I feel for you. I, I, I want to help. Thanks so much, guys. It's really wonderful to finally talk to you. Yeah. I'm glad you called in. Yeah, we needed we needed somebody to talk about that. I had no idea like what was going on or anything like that. I forgot. That's also this happened this week though. Uh Columbus opened up Mosaic, which is Ohio's first st- standalone transgender and gender nonconforming health and community center. So that is a big one to reach out to as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Co- Mosaic, yeah. Yeah, I I actually just saw that too. That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, Agnes. I really appreciate it. It's got uh, it's good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Peace. So fucking heartbreaking. This fucking government, man. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to use that language. It's a memo, but it's just meant to be, to stoke more hatred, more resentment. It's to get somebody this Thanksgiving to feel like, no, I don't accept your lifestyle, you know? And there's a whole bunch of us that feel that way. And we're on 8chan and QAnon boards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to force everybody be traditional. We're going to, we're going to be fascist about it and make everybody live a traditional life, you know? Yeah. Like we dictate. Yeah. Our Christian American patriotic Kekistani lifestyle. (laughs) Kekistani lifestyle. We're living that Kekistani life. (laughs) I saw that, that vid, that, uh, that screenshot from 4chan is going around of the grandmother that's like, yeah, I'm a, I, it took me a while to come around to it, but I'm an official native of Kekistan. Oh, God, that's embarrassing. Yeah, like, I'm trying to get my grandma on it. She's 74, and she's really thinking the memes are funny now that I told her, you know, how they work. Now that I explain the memes? Yeah. Uh, now that I explain what based means to right. my grandma? Right. Geeks. Oh, a bunch of geeks. Your grandma sucks. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fighter. We're talking to... Uh, Hey, is this me? Yeah, who's this? This is uh, Josh. Um, I don't want to dox myself too much, but I'm in the New Jersey area. What's up, Josh? How are you in doing New tonight? Jersey. Never mind. <laughs> we won't uh, dox you, I promise. Uh, all right, thank you. Um, I had a few things uh, I wanted to call in about. Um, one that I think you guys would enjoy is I'm in law school right now, um, and I'm taking, uh, I'm going to be a public defender, hopefully. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things that uh, you guys were talking about earlier um, about, uh, like, rehab programs and court-ordered stuff was, uh, you know, watching sentencing. I, w- I was interning at an office pretty recently, and, and watching sentencing and just watching the judge say, you know, you need to attend this program you know, out of your own pocket. And then, you know, Brian, you saying that like, oh, this is, you know, rehab doesn't work. It's not, it's not designed well. It it doesn't do shit. So at the end, it's these people that are, you know, usually impoverished already using their own money to pay for treatment that doesn't work uh, because some judge told them to for something stupid like possession or, you know, something like that. And that just, I don't know. That just fucked me up the first time it happened. I see it as um, like, I don't see it as like, I, I do, I will clarify that like rehab has worked for a lot of people in the past. And I, I think it, there are people that it works for, but I just, it, it didn't work for me. 
And uh, it's not going to work for every single person. And it's seen as sort of a a thing where you're supposed to mold yourself to it. When, when like I've talked to social workers and I've talked to drug counselors and a lot of them just really wish they were able to help people and meet them where they're at. You know, if somebody comes into your office, yeah, no, I'm saying, I I just want to, I didn't mean to like trash the whole rehab program, but I think like, you know, and hearing some of the, you know, clients talk about, you know, which program do you want to go into? Like, we don't want to go into this one because it's hell. Um, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like, and it's like, if that's how some of them are looking at it, it's like, well, maybe, maybe they're like you and they're like, you know, what I was doing wasn't a problem. It was a problem because it was illegal and, you know, I'm being criminalized for it. I'm not like hurting anyone. Yeah, um, and it's I a money thing. It's usually a money. Right. I really think that a lot of people get to that point because of the money and the illegal nature of of getting drugs. Like right. that's when people say my life got out of control. It's generally I don't have money and I can't find drugs. When I quit, I when I when I had to go to rehab for for opiates, it was because I was having a hard time finding them and I was spending more and more time like just look like more of my time was devoted to getting the drugs than there was even having fun doing them so I kind of did a cost benefit analysis and decided it's time to go to rehab but like uh it didn't uh, the thing is like I just didn't feel guilty about what I had done I I felt guilty for keeping it is secret how much money I was spending on drugs with my wife who shares a bank account with me. But that was, that was the problem. But the problem was my dishonesty and the problem was me doing things in a dishonest way or just spending too much money. The problem wasn't necessarily the drugs. The drugs weren't the root of all of the problem, you know? And when you go to rehab, And the court does this too. The court just assumes that all the problems stem from the drugs. And I'm here to say that, like, I don't think most of the problems stem from the drugs. The drugs are a symptom. The drugs aren't the problem. Yeah, they help you feel better. Yeah. About your (laughs) life. Yeah, especially if if your life is just full of misery from, you know, poverty and all these other forces. Right. Um, and all this other shit going on. And sometimes you just also just want to feel good because you can. And, you know, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's magic um, things out there in the world that make you feel good where you don't have to travel right. anywhere. They kick ass. So Absolutely. yeah. That, I mean, I always am like, yeah, it's also recreational kicks ass. It's just fun to do drugs. Right. <laughs> don't forget that. Yeah. I had, uh, three other things that have happened. Or either, or things I've heard about that I've just thought of you guys. Okay. Uh, the first one is I'm in like a criminal, criminal procedure class. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's not required, but it's, you know, I'm taking it cause I, I want to. And anytime there's any remote criticism of the police or police brutality or anything like that, there's always this one girl that sits next, uh, in front of me and my other anarchist friend and she cringes. And every time there's like, Someone bringing up police brutality or like any criticism whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so you know, I always go out of my way to make sure I say something. Well, what? Why do they do that? Why are they always patrolling that you know high crime neighborhood? <laughs> Pretty much just to get like some level of reaction. There's other kind of you know that guy's dad is probably a cop kind of people in the class, sure. but like things like that. So I mean, but I just thought like. Every, literally every time, and it's usually even, even when the teacher says something that's like remotely 
you know, critical of how the police do their job. There's always like a flinch or, you know, there's Jeez. more than one person that that's like that, but it's like, well, and, and I'm just sitting there like, and you know, you, you, you get questions from people that are obviously like they want to be the prosecutor or whatever. And it's, it's, it's really weird being like one of the few people in the room that's like, is anybody like going to question this? Is anybody going <laughs> to, does anybody think that Supreme court decision was bad? Like, right. <laughs> they're just like, you know, let the cops do whatever the fuck they want. So yeah. Things like that. Um, I, I always that remember, was, I always remember, I always tried to remember when I was in college, these people are 20 years old and they don't fucking understand any, like they're always, a, right, college right. is just skews a little young and they're like, well, if you do a crime, you should go to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad people exactly, do crime yeah. and crime means works. jail. Yeah. Yeah. The police protect us. Like, that's, yeah, that's what they're, that's what they do. They get the, they get the bad guys that, that murder and rape people. That's what they do most of the time. Like, yeah. You know, it's, and it's, it's that kind of mentality. The other two things were, my dad's kind of like semi-right wing. I think he's like come around a little bit, but he's still kind of, you know, he's like, he works in human resources. So he's always got this kind of management side minded and we, we go at it all the time. But, um, he, he had like two incidents that he, while he was like out shopping that he told us about. The first one was, uh, he went to, uh, the grocery store and he saw, um, I guess one of the officers, like the, uh, loss prevention people, like cornering this guy who looked like he, um, I guess he shoplifted or something. Okay. And I guess he was talking to them, like trying to get, I don't know what he stole, maybe like some Cheez-Its or something. Um, but my dad was standing there, like at the checkout, like paying for his food and the guy just booked it. <laughs> like he just, just ran, just like, just, just, and got out of there. And I hope he got away. But I don't know why it just reminded me of like the stuff that you guys do, uh, <laughs> like some of the stuff you guys do with, uh, uh, you know, scanning everything as an apple or whatever. I <laughs> and, love the uh, running. You know, I love when somebody gets caught, yeah. and they run and they get away. It's the most yeah. freeing thing. It oh, proves that you the can world, do it. you just yeah. have to fly. You do it because everybody else is like, it's so good. Did he yeah. just run away? We told him we were going to get him in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, apparently he got away. And like the guy, like, I guess the guy who was confronting him, like went to go call the cops, but he wasn't rushing. So I was like, I hope that guy got away and enjoyed whatever he, whatever he took like, yeah. made it around the corner yeah. you can always run just always remember you, you can, can always, always just run run, yeah, run as Absolutely. fast as you can loss prevention does not have a gun or power they don't have any um, power outside of that parking lot at all loss right, prevention right, right. all their power goes away once you leave that parking lot right right um that was one and i that immediately saw you the other one was he went to um, this chicken joint. I don't know if you guys have it near you. It's Royal Farms. It's like been shredded. Oh, we spreading. know that place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had it in Maryland. So, we don't have it here, though. Oh, okay. The, uh, when yeah. we did the Baltimore show, the District Sentinel Sams were up all night eating Royal Farms and telling everybody <laughs> how really. great it was. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Like, the chicken's pretty good. But, uh, there was one that opened up near me and my, he went, my dad went to get, like, chicken for us. And, um, Apparently, someone on the job, uh, he said she looked like she was just having like a bad day and the manager was kind of being a dick to her. Okay. So she just, she just quit on the job, went around the, um, she just like, she was like, I'm done. She took off her, you know, her, uh, apron, uh, smock or whatever yeah. she was wearing, goes around, orders something, goes to the, 
goes to the cashier, pays for it. I guess she, I don't know if she used her discount or not. Went back behind the thing, made it, and then walked out. <laughs> and I was like, wow. that is, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> that is a maneuver. That's a power move yeah, right that. there. That's power. I'm fucking done? Yeah. And I, you got me so worked I'm up, I'm hungry? I'm going to buy me a fucking right. value meal? I'm going to make it my goddamn self? And I'm never coming back? Because I don't want fucking Jeremy back there making it. He makes everything right. shitty. Right. Yeah. And I don't want you to yeah. say I stole this shit and send me to jail? That is great. Uh, it, was, it was so good. I love my Quentin stories. Thing. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that one. That one. That's like, great. it for me. I haven't. I haven't heard anything that good in a while. Um, last thing I wanted to do is for for Brian. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly that Bono is bad, um, just in general. But I do. If you're into post punk, I do this all the time. I'm I'm the Bono defender, not Bono defender, but U two defender. First two or three albums. I think are worth a listen. I don't know if I've heard them, but there it's just not my. Oh, okay, you have it's it. not my sort of thing. I like some clangy noise. I like noise. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm a noise guy. So like, yeah. So I guess yeah. Okay. I like yeah, noise and is. screaming. Those are my two okay. favorite things. Definitely not your speed then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just yeah. like it when people are screaming in my ear. Even all the rap I listen to is just a guy screaming at me the whole time right, about right, right. like doing drugs and having sex. So yeah. it's just type <laughs> okay. of dude I am. But thank thank you for okay. calling in. Those were great stories. Yeah, cool. Thanks we got two me, more. We got to get these last two out of here to be good boys. All right. Let's see if we can do it. Thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Ooh. You're talking to Forrest. What's up, Forrest? How are you doing today? I got a mouthful of uh, mouthful of sausage sub here. That's mm. not a that's not a euphemism. That's a real thing. I could go for a sausage and, sub um, right now. Yeah. So small world. Um, Daniel called him from DC um, earlier. Was well, pushing for a school board candidate from the League of Soy in Ward One. And uh, there's going to be a debate for um, the Ward 1 school board seat, um, I believe, actually, tomorrow night, or I guess technically later tonight, um, in the building where I work, and I had intended to be there. So, small world indeed. The the, and, the banker versus the uh, school person. That, that should be a yeah, decent the, debate. the banker versus the person who is actually, you know, a, um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, a DCPS mom, uh, and you know, I worked in education and have a have a pretty strong interest in that. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I feel I always feel weird um, after calling in when everyone else is talking about the. <clears throat> These very big, uh, important moral crusades and, uh, uh, critiques of, uh, uh, you know, what's going on in the world. And, and I'm always, I'm always calling in. This is actually my second time calling in, um, about, um, idiotic customer service, uh, minutiae. Well, we love that, though. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's like, I, I hate it because beyond the inconvenience, it forces me to go into my, 
uh, shrieky white liberal, I hate talking to your manager mode, which I don't like doing. I really, really don't like doing. About what? But, like, you know, Brian, you, you worked for a cable company, yeah? I did. I was a cable man. You were a cable man, and um, was the cable company in question Comcast? No, it was. Uh, it would. It is now Spectrum, and it's been bought twice since I worked there. So it's Spectrum uh, would okay. be the company. If I stayed there, I'd be in Spectrum, and I'd be miserable, and I'd be having panic attacks every single morning when I got up. But I'll defend a well, cable yeah, guy if you need me to. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I can attest as as can many to the fact that Comcast is. Probably the worst non-financial uh, services slash non-biochemical uh, no, company in America. Yeah, um, I, I can agree with all the cable companies are terrible because they don't have yeah, to be they good. Are, they, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them are good, but I mean, Comcast just like it takes uh, it just takes brutalizing its customers to a whole new level. Like my, my I this has just this crisis for me now has just ended it's taken about like three and a half weeks i authorized them a uh to do a posting this is actually the third time this happened to me i authorized them to do a post-dated uh transaction uh to basically run a uh run a payment for me on my account uh you know like on a on a certain date, I think it was like what October ninth. I told them they could they could do it uh-huh. um, in order to get my my service restored because that's how I do. Yeah, I've been here. I've been there. <laughs> I wait until it's off and then I make a payment plan. And, yeah, promise uh, to pay. Yeah, and then um, I wake up on uh, the the next morning and. They ran the payment oh, already. Oh no! And, uh, and, that was a and promise. They overdrafted. They overdrafted my account, and I already. I think the last time I called in a few months ago, I, I um, was shrieking about PNC Bank and what what wonderful people they are, and how getting them to refund fees is like uh, you know. Now you're at war and you're probably, I got to tell you, they ain't giving you any money. They will give you money off on your cable bill if you scream at them, but they, they're not going to give you your money back. I can tell you that. Oh oh my God. I mean, it, 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 it has just been fucking insane. (laughs) It has been insane. Like they eventually in the last week, um, did process a refund, but only because I did it as a dispute with my bank when I call, because basically I call in my, I'm overdrafted by like 200 bucks. Damn. And I I tell them, you know, I tell them this isn't a freaking legitimate charge. And I, you know, I've been through this twice before with Comcast. And so in order to avoid the overdraft fees, which would have amounted to, literally hundreds of dollars i dispute the um dispute the charge right so yeah eventually it's not they don't refund the money technically they 
uh, do it as a return check. And because it was a return check, they're like, oh, you're, you never paid your bill. And now you owe us $25 more. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up having to pay them, like, instead of, what was it, like $300, I had to pay them, like, $500. Oh, God, I hate the cable company. I fucking hate it. Yeah, that's I hate them, too. I I thought you were uh, going to... In the meantime, they, they, like, disconnected my service, like, two or three times, or, or disrupted my service, like, two or three times, and... It's just it it was so much just to get them to admit that they stole my money. Yeah, I would defend a cable guy. I will never defend the company though. The I I like if because right. a lot of people I've talked to a lot of people are like, how come they come to my house so many times and it's not fixed? And I'm like, well, it's not like the easiest thing in the world to fix something that's intermittent, you know. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's going to take a bunch of tries. It's just that's the way the world is. But yeah, I mean, when I worked there, I would get into these these things would happen and they'd be like, we'll give you a credit on your account. And I'm like, they don't want a fucking credit on their account. Give them the money. Give them the money that you took from them. Do that instead. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and no, I'm, I'm the same way. Not once have I had a problem with any of the service technicians. They're all, they're all hardworking guys. And, um, uh, you know, uh, but again, I just, I, I spoke to their doctor's retention department uh, I, I cannot tell you how many hours I spent on the phone <laughs> with people in the last three weeks. It's just like I don't even remember my own name. Very much actually like the PNC debacle of uh, four or five months ago. But anyway, well, I want to offer you our solidarity. We've both done promise to pays and we've done all this stuff in the past and we know how much of a hassle it is. We know you're currently embroiled in a war and how that feels. You're a veteran, though. On 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 November 11th, tell them that you just went to war with Comfa- Comcast and you want your free Applebee's steak. You, you deserve it. I want my it. free goddamn Applebee's steak. Thank you, sir. You deserve Thank it. You. All right, we got to get this. We got to get this last guy on the phone. This last caller on the phone. But thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Peace. Hey, bye, guys. Running out of time here, man. Yeah, last one. Let's get it done. We get it. We're over three hours right now. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? You know who it is. What's up, big guy? It's the big guy. (laughs) How's it going, big guy? How you feeling tonight? It's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. I am extremely drunk. How are y'all doing? Tired. I'm very tired. I worked six days in a row last week, big guy. I, I worked my dream job, so it's not really like working, I guess, but I did work six days in a row. Y'all owe me a sticker. A sticker? Yeah, I still have your information. We'll send you a sticker, buddy. Stickers. The sticker isn't here yet. We ain't got stickers yet. All right. I was waiting. Yeah, you're breaking up there, buddy. Oh, I think I think we're losing you here, big guy. I don't know what's going on. No, don't lose me. Don't lose me. I think we're losing you. Where are you out in the boonies? I'm out in the boonies. Y'all riding like a, a horse or something somewhere? A horse and a wagon. Okay, well... I'm on, a, I'm on a wagon, and there's a horse riding me around. 
Don't want to know what's up, though. What's up, man? Taking gun. For entertainment purposes, <laughs> kill your congressman. Oh, um, I cannot recommend yeah. that at all. Big guy, you're going to get yourself in trouble, buddy. Yeah, we've already seen people get sued for saying stuff like that, and I don't think you want to get <laughs> You don't want to be in that boat, that. buddy. Hey, hey, it's not worth it. For entertainment purposes, entertainment purposes only, don't actually do it, but, like, actually get a gun. All right, thanks for listening to Street Fight Radio. That's the show. We appreciate you listening. WCRSFM.org is the place to listen to us. You can find us on the Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. At Street Fight WCRS is the handle. I'm Brett Payne. He's Brian Quinby. If you want more of what we do, we'd have bonus shows available on the Patreon platform. Peace.